here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Next out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. <laughs> I like him. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In, like in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Just stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Cranch alongside, as always, King of Banter himself, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how's it going? I'm doing right. I'm, uh, I'm attempting to get a refund for my Canuck Pro tickets. I was, uh, I, you know, I, I think, and you tweeted this out a little bit earlier, and I'm with you as well. I think we're all jumping to conclusions here. Like, they, I think, you know, there's a lot of long tunnels in Canada. I know up in Saskatchewan, you know, Saskatchewan and other, you know, towns that I, I'm not really quite aware of in Canada. You go through those mountains or whatever, you're in a long tunnel and you don't get cell signal that entire time you're in that tunnel. And it's very possible he's in a three, you know, day or a while. Well, it's about a week now, right? That he hasn't talked to people. It could be a week long tunnel. I mean, it could be possibly his car broke down in the middle of said tunnel. Like, he could be watching a lot of movies. Just forgot his cell phone. How many times have you lo- forgot your cell phone charger at, at hotel rooms? That is a very possible thing too. That Mister uh, Canuck Pro guy. I, and, and you also mentioned this too. So by the way, people that don't know what we're talking about, this Canuck Pro was the, the, this this organization that from the minute they started booking people, it was this new company, a new startup company in, in in Canada. The minute they started booking people, everybody knew this was just anybody that was smart knew it had to be a charade or it had to be something or that the shows would would maybe they'd run one show and then completely go bankrupt and it'd be like the getaway you know the guy th- stuffs his envelope and drives away or something like that they're not even gonna i, I nobody even knows because i think i forgot who was that tweeted it out um a little bit earlier but yeah there's no communication coming i think it was elgin uh saying that they haven't heard from this guy they haven't done anything with this guy but you mentioned this who the hell is this guy like i i think it's bad that nobody knew who the hell was running this thing right i mean i guess if you're a pro wrestler and this random promoter calls you and offers you an exorbitant amount of money to work uh, in Canada somewhere. And you see all these other names that have been booked for the shows. And what are you supposed to do? Just not take the booking. I mean, I don't really blame the wrestlers here, even though it was a new promotion. Although I would have been skeptical, you know, when they started booking their seventh, eighth and ninth show before they ran their first show. (laughs) And they claimed they were going to run shows basically across the country. I mean, he had shows booked in Calgary, Toronto, Ottawa. Um, You know, I mean, that's, that's, Across the country. I mean, Calgary is all the way, you know, in Western Canada. In Toronto is, you know, uh, you know, close to the United States. And I guess, what would you call that? Central, East Central Canada and yeah, Ottawa. Then you, got New fin- you got Newfoundland and all that stuff all way, way, way out East. So, yeah, it's the Maritimes. Yeah. And then you got, uh, you know, Ottawa also. Like, so that, Ottawa and Toronto are nowhere near Calgary. So this guy was, you know, you had to be skeptical that he's going to run th- these nationwide shows with all these enormous names. And not just North American names. This guy was booking like people from from Europe. He was booking Australians. He was booking uh, Luchador. Yeah, I'm, gonna try, I'm gonna try to get the card for the first um, 
the, the first show. <laughs> I'm looking, though. The only cards I can find are, like you're saying, like they already had a tournament booked for January 27th to 28th. Did you, yes. did you know this? This like whole tournament was here. Yes. And People there's like... All- <laughs> so a, and a tag tournament. There was a show that was a tag tournament. <laughs> yeah, this is the one. So it's the, it's the Canuck Pro Wrestling Tag Conflict Tag Tournament taking place January 27th to January 28th. Uh, you got South Pacific Power Trip. Yeah. <laughs> LAX, the Spirit Squad, uh, Ohio's for Killers, the Carnies, the Hooligans, Super Smash Brothers, Monster Mafia, the Besties, Extra Talented, the Beaver Boys. Like that alone, that card, just to book all those tag teams, you're like, can you imagine in your head? That just booking those teams alone, how much that cost for this two day tournament? <laughs> Rich, Rich, the flights. That's what I mean. Like, I mean, look, look. Here's the thing: if any, if these shows ever happened, this was going to be the greatest promotion in the world. This guy was booking. Like, here's the thing. All right, so you have super indies, right? Right. You have your PWGs and your wrestle circuses and things like that. And they book these great shows and you have like your rev pros that do similar, you know, uh, sort of a super indie thing in in England. But this guy was kind of booking from every sort of talent pool and every sort of niche. Like he booked a space monkey versus Dick justice versus, uh, versus, uh, what's, um, what's Vinny Massaro's mask gimmick, the Panda, uh, uh, Oh, no. What's he called the panda gimmick? They I forget what he does, but it was a space monkey versus Dick Justice versus Vinny Massaro and the panda <laughs> there, gimmick. There were two without honor shows. Did you know that too? The October the, the show that that people are now realizing is probably not going to happen on October twenty first. There was a two p.m. show and an eight p.m. show. <laughs> what? Yeah, he's booking double shots like in the same day. <laughs> yeah, but 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 he's booking deathmatch guys. He's booking like trend. <clears throat> Trendy, you know, um, U.S. indie guys. He's booking guys from 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 uh, Europe. He's he started booking Australians. He's booking comedy guys. He booked Darren Corbin. He booked. I mean, just from geez, he was just running the gamut. He booked Marche Rockets. I mean, <laughs> I'm he, trying to find the entire card for that first one, which is just an incredible card. Once and I he booked Hernandez. Card. Who books Hernandez anymore? <laughs> he he booked a Sumi Sakai Chelsea Green match. I mean, nothing against any of these people, but Rich, aren't these like bizarre people? Yes, like, yeah, I would yeah. start. I would start calling around. Like, I, I know, just to let you know, it says the banner that he has on his Facebook page and Twitter page and all this sort of stuff is uh, pressing in Calgary. It's Friday, November seventeenth. This is the first show. The people on this, this this poster are Chelsea Green, as you mentioned, Joey Ryan, Keith Lee, Phoenix, Dick Togo, and Eddie Kingston. I mean, come on, these <laughs> were. These weren't just super indie shows. They were random button super indie shows. Right. It, it's t- like you, you made the joke of like Total Extreme Wrestling or EWR or whatever. It was just a guy fantasy booking and being like, like I guess he was getting numbers and just like calling these people and having a, a gay old time imagining in his head that these guys were coming and this was a show that he was booking. But like, shouldn't like, if I'm Keith Lee, I'm like, really? Dick Togo's on this show? Like, are you sure? Like, is this a real thing? Or like Joey Ryan's like, really? Are, are Dick Togo's coming? And like, I, I, it's so bizarre. I cannot find full cards, unfortunately. Um, oh, I've got every full card. What would oh, you, you do? Like okay. to know, my friend. Uh, well, we got, he, yeah, we got what, what was the first, obviously what we were kicking off with, without honor. I well, mean, he, he, he which by the way should have been a very good, should have been a tell is the name of this first show is called without honor, but you know, that's all right. Rich, he booked a card called British Invasion, loaded with like English wrestlers. Like, think of think of the flight cost of this show. I mean, you know, he he it was Chelsea Green versus uh, the Moth Girl. I forget what he she called. Uh, Ethan Page versus the Mystery Opponent. Uh, B Priestley versus Ta- uh, Taya Valkyrie. Evil Uno versus Zach Gibson. Speedball Bailey versus BT Gun. Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Joe Coffey. Uh, Josh Alexander versus Martin Stone. And Dave Mastiff versus Michael Elgin. Now again. <laughs> 
would I watch that show? You're damn right I would oh, watch God, that yes. show. Yeah, this show's ridiculous. But who, I mean, come on. And when you've got nine shows, he literally, let me see, one, two, three, four, six. This man booked nine shows in advance before he ran a single show. Um, he's got a show called We've Gone Super Crazy, Rich. You'll never guess who's booked on We've Gone Super Crazy. Oh, it's like, That's oh, right. right. Oh, my God. There's like 45 people on this show. Uh, I'm the this show. Why? No, don't book these many people. <laughs> You're looking at We've Gone Super Crazy? So he books. So on the show, We've Gone Super Crazy. So check this out. So he booked a super crazy <laughs> versus Sammy. A million dollars. A million dollars. So he booked Super Crazy versus Sammy Guevara, right? Of course, it, yeah. It sounds like an awesome match. Yeah, no, this this is like the greatest card in the history of pro wrestling right now. That you're he, on the same show, he books Pete Dunne versus Wolfgang. <laughs> I mean, it's just, again, I'm knocking no one on these shows. He booked Andy Dalton. I like Andy Dalton. He's a local Texas guy. He works in NOAA tours. Why is Andy Dalton getting booked in, 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 in <laughs> British Columbia? Why? Why would you book Andy Dalton versus Marche Rocket? No offense to either man. I have no problem with either guy. Why are you flying Andy Dalton from Austin, Texas and Marche Rocket from Chicago to Langley, British Columbia to work a prelim match on this show? I mean, there were no red flags here. None. I mean, and again, I don't necessarily can. can, Now, do you blame the wrestlers? A a guy calls you up, offers you money, says he's going to fly you to Canada. No, no, not at all. I mean, that, that's I mean, unfortunately that's the trust that they build in is what you know when these people are are of their word uh, or you know are going to book them and and you know yeah they probably I mean I don't know again I don't know the backstory I'd love to talk to a wrestler once this thing eventually does officially just completely break down which which is obviously going to happen <laughs> sooner rather than later but uh, once that officially goes down I would love to hear the background of like what this guy said like what was what was guaranteed what was mentioned like because it you know in in one breath yeah I don't blame the wrestlers but on another sense I, I guess. If I was a wrestler, I'd, I'd I'd have a little bit of my guard up when I'm talking to these guys, especially at startup indie or whatever. But again, if he's throwing around big money and like yeah, yeah, whatever, and talks a good game, you'd be silly not to just jump on that right away and, and say, oh yeah, okay, cool, yeah, I'll come for a thousand dollars. You kidding? I'll go to Langley, British Columbia, in late December for a thousand dollars. Of course, like I so that I guess that's what I'd really love to hear. Um, is, I, I don't I don't think there's an indie wrestler that he didn't book it. He's got Detective Dan Barry on these shows. No, and that's the thing that that's the best thing about these entire shows is that it's not like cuz usually when you when you mention those super indies, you mention things like that, they tend to have a rotation of like 15 people. Like AEW here, yes. you can pretty much yeah, there's one or two exceptions. Like they'll bring in a, a, a special guest here and there, but I can pretty much guess the eleven or so guys are going to get booked every single time on, on an AEW Super Indie show. PWG is the same way as well for for many years. I mean, obviously now they're starting to kind of add in and integrate some new people or whatever. But yeah, like in, in Rep Pros, a lot of those Super Indies you can kind of rely on like that same core group of like you know ten to fifteen people. This he's literally you can go through every show. There is no less than like seventy indie workers, but like every if you name an indie worker, I promise I can find a card that he was booked for. Here, here's the here's yeah that's what I mean. They come from like all circles. Like I'm gonna give you a great example. This guy booked an out. Al- you know you're familiar with Alex Reynolds, like uh yeah yeah yeah. Like he's the Long Island guy. He comes from like you know uh, the Kurt Hawkins, um, you know Zach Ryder, um, um, Tony Nice. You know the NYWC. You know works a lot of New Jersey shows for Pat Buck and stuff. He booked Alex Reynolds versus Flash Morgan Webster. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> completely bizarre match. But here's the thing about this show, and this was the show in Toronto on uh, 10:28. I don't a lot. There's a theory going around that this was just somebody fucking around, trolling, fantasy booking fake shows that never intended to go off. But here's why I don't think that's the case. He booked buildings. That's number one. 
Number two, this show with Alec, Alex Reynolds versus Flash Morgan Webster here, one of the other matches on this show is Dan Barry versus John Silver, which makes me think John Silver and Alex Reynolds were probably going to travel together to this thing. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, so you kind of see those indie clues, guys that travel together or would be booked together or whatnot. Yeah, like Chris, uh, Chris Stallion Jake something. I think I I, I don't know for a fact, but I believe those guys are pretty. Yeah, and, and that's another match, and I think those guys are are you know familiar with one another, or um, right. I don't know if they travel together, but you, I've seen them in similar circles. So, so it kind of makes you think. Like I I think what happened here was this guy <laughs> was just a lunatic and thought that these shows were going to draw thousands and thousands of fans. He got poor advances on the tickets, realized he couldn't pay anybody, and is now dropping off the face of the earth. Yeah, well, and I can tell you right now, go into their Facebook page so that without honor that eight p.m. show, the evening show. Um, and this is obviously is not a, a full-on indicator, but it doesn't bode well. Is that if you go onto that Facebook event page, it says that 41 people are interested and 18 people are going. Now, obviously, yeah. you're going to get more than that, but still, that that's a general buzz idea. Sure. I mean, we're my my store is doing like the, the store that I work for. We're doing like a sale, and I have like 45 people on Facebook saying they're going already. Like, and you know, it's not going to cost a million dollars to run, and I'm not traveling. You know, people aren't traveling all across the world. So, yeah, that's obviously not the the the, the be all end all is you know your Facebook event things, but it. it it shows buzz, and the buzz was not really there in terms of the only buzz that that company got is, oh my god, I cannot believe they're booking this, and like, oh my god, this can't possibly be real, and that's pretty much all that I heard from anybody. Yeah, just yeah, but I mean, if, again, if these shows were real, they'd be incredible. No, it was yeah, I was really looking forward to this. I was hoping, and that's a, that's like in conversations, a lot of people were like, oh, there's no way this is happening. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know, and they're like, oh, there's no way he's making any money. I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'll still watch him. He can yeah, what do I care? All the money, all he wants. I don't give a shit. Like, Look, I li- listen. I, we joked about this before. I didn't think these shows were happening, okay? But the fact was I was hoping that – look, I was kind of hoping he'd run some of these, run out of money th- after three or four of them, and then, and then you know, because a, he booked a lot of interesting shit. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff here. Like you're saying, it's not the same rotation of the same 15 guys. It's people from very different – Areas of the you know of the world really he's booking New Jersey indie guys he's got Chicago Puma King guys. he's got CMLL guys coming up from Mexico yes <laughs> Texas guys West Coast guys Philly based guys he's just booking fucking everybody look at that tag tournament you read off that's like every current like touring indie tag team in the world <laughs> was in that tournament like who would have not have enjoyed seeing that and the know? Spirit Squad too and of course the Spirit Squad don't forget yeah and of course the Spirit oh, of course he had them booked on a couple other shows too but uh but yeah so uh looks like he dropped off the planet uh wrestlers are coming out in droves saying they haven't heard a word uh Lance Storm Joe Coffey among others were saying they haven't heard back from the guy I he booked Lance Storm I didn't even realize he booked Lance Storm did he, <laughs> did he really haven't I haven't gone to that card yet I don't know was was Lance Storm like the guest commissioner or something like that it's got to be something st- stupid like that right I don't know I may be mistaken but I th- could have swore maybe it wasn't Lance Storm but uh, I can't imagine Storm still wrestle but I mean, listen, you know Lance Storm. It's like he'll go off the couch. You know, yeah, if you pay, if you cut the check, he'll go off the pay, couch. Yeah, that's right. He will wrestle. Yes. You know, it, you know. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That's Canuck Pro. Well, you know, we hardly knew you, and it's all over. <laughs> not over yet. It's not over yet, Joe. It's not over yet. He's just before they ran a fucking show. disappeared off the face of the earth, and every wrestler that was booked is listen, now using those maybe, states maybe, as bookings. But it's not maybe, done yet. Maybe he'll pop up and everyone will get a uh, a, a plane ticket and uh, this these shows will happen. Uh, who knows? Uh, but it's not looking good. I think that um, it was kind of like an open secret. Like I think people, these wrestlers were just hoping that it would come through, um, but it wasn't going to come through. Uh, but, you know, uh, we had heard too that 
they were really they were offering exorbitant amounts of money as well. So <laughs> right, right. there was just tons of red flags. Yeah. You know, I mean, red flags all over the place. Well, booking booking like shows like and it's it's cool, but like booking shows like seven months in advance and like having a tag tournament already set for like mid January or mid to late January. That yeah, that's a little weird. Like it shouldn't be weird. It should be like how most people do it, but it's just not the way the wrestling business works, especially at the independence. Like you don't know who you're gonna get, and it's impossible to do that. But you know, this magic man figured out a way. But uh, we know that it's, it's every uh, every red flag that could have been yeah was raised here. I mean, how about this punishment Martinez versus the boys handicap match? <laughs> I saw that. The boys are in there quite a few times as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, at Flip Gordon versus TK Orion. I don't know. You know, there's a uh, there's a Twitter account too. So you got Canuck Pro is the uh, the the company, and then there's Booker Indie at Indie Wrestler G1 or Indie Wrestling G1 was his uh his oh, the, the the Booker had his own handle. Yeah, yeah. So we gotta get we gotta find out this guy. I would love to see, read those DMs. Yeah, that's those should hopefully come out pretty soon. I, I I do hope. Yeah, I wonder what's gonna what it's gonna take for people to just to say fuck it and here's you know here's how it was. This is what ha-, like you know what I mean like I don't know what he's got moose versus Shane Taylor. I'm looking at this one show. I'm like, Moose, like, why did like, Moose wasn't on any of the other shows when he's on this one? Holy shit, have you seen this, the CPW4 uh, show? It's October 29th, late October. You got Moose, Shane Taylor, uh, Joe Coffey, Josh Alexander, Davey Boy Smith Jr., Martin Stone. I'd like to see Davey Boy Smith Jr. versus Martin Stone. <laughs> I'd like to see that. The Beaver Boys versus the Spirit Squad, of course. So, like, there's not... It, Darby Allen, Vinny Massaro, it, it, it's unbelievable, the names. He put uh, the world. Unfortunately, is never going to see Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Cheeseburger on uh, October twenty. Oh, that was booked. Oh, hell yeah, it was. Damn. Yes, same show as the Boys versus the Kingdom. So, yeah. you could see uh, that one in Ring of Honor, though. Yeah, yeah, man, it's too good to be true. Oh well. Oh, well. That's retweeting October first. So maybe he's not totally gone, but yeah, it's only a couple days ago. Yeah, so, I mean it's. Maybe he's gonna play it all the way through until, but the first show is on the twenty first, right? So yeah, and like guys are like, "Hey, how do I get to your show? <laughs> like, am I gonna, you know?" And he hasn't responded to them, so that's that's pretty good. I think your your theory is pretty good too. And like my theory was that he was gonna run one show and go, "Oh my god, wait a minute, I'm fucked," and then you know stop the rest or maybe run two or whatever. But I like your theory that like even the first one, he was just like, "Oh shit, like this is not gonna go well. I'm just gonna disappear." Into the, into the he ether, committed. But. He committed well into. I mean. He may have committed a hundred thousand dollars in plane tickets alone. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, no doubt. You had to suffer these nine shows. I mean, I'd be, a, lot the, I, a lot of these talents coming in are not driving to to, to fucking where, wherever the first one, like Windsor or whatever, wherever the first show is. Like like Hernandez, even though Hernandez probably isn't like that big, gigantic of a deal or whatever, but LAX isn't driving in. Like you're flying those guys. Like the level of, and I think that's something that people when they look at super indies and, and stuff like that, the flights are a big deal. And like, there are a lot of guys that will drive, but there are a lot of guys that are past the point of driving. And like a lot of guys that you're, you you do not think are that big of stars are the, no, we're not driving to your show type stars. Well, well Rich, you can't, you can't drive across an ocean. How much is a plane ticket from London to <laughs> Calgary? I'm serious. Let's look it up right now. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll go into Google flights. All right. What is a plane ticket from London, England to, Let's to assume, Calgary? What, what was the first show? The first show was what day again? The October 21st. October 21st. Okay. All right. So let's, we're going to go from, we're, we're going from London all airports. Doesn't matter. London to Calgary, October Calgary, 21st. Alberta, Canada, October 21st. Returning on the uh, 24th. All right. I accidentally typed, co- I typed Cocktober <laughs> 21st. In the it was, uh, 
I don't know. All right, looking at the uh, like so this is the cheapest one, but very cheap. Uh, five round trip, round, round trip, trip, my friend. Yeah. Round trip five six two. But uh, any company that I have actually heard of uh, is uh, four twenty or seven twenty four rather. Uh, Air Canada is one thousand dollars. The nonstop flights are all a thousand and above. Yeah, British Airways about one thousand fifty seven. Yeah, the other flights are around six seven hundred bucks a pop. So you know anybody coming from England, which he's got a show called British Invasion. <laughs> so they're um, probably coming. Yeah, that's you know that's of what a twenty thousand dollar show. Right. Just on just ticket, just plane just, tickets. Yeah, not even booking, <laughs> not even getting any wrestlers. Like like not twenty. Yeah, it's like a twelve or fifteen thousand dollars in plane tickets just for the British wrestlers. Okay, then let alone whatever you're paying them. Then what, let alone whatever you're paying for your buildings and your insurance, whatever the case. I mean, you know, this guy probably was committed to – is $100,000 unreasonable? For the no, not at shows? all. No, 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 not at all. When you – all told? I mean – and and he, he probably – you know, the, his advance on all of these shows was probably a couple hundred tickets at best at 20 bucks a pop or whatever. And he just did the math, and he's disappearing off the planet. I, I think, I think he was crazy. I think he was crazy, and he thought if I book all of the biggest names in the world and put them on these shows, I'm going to draw ten thousand fans of these these shows. I think he was just a lunatic, and realized it. You know, this. You know, we're three weeks out, and he's got two hundred tickets sold, and he's just fucking gone. He's a ghost. I don't think he, he. I don't think this was somebody trolling people with fancy booking. I just think it was a really bad businessman. Yeah, that's that's. I've always been of that mindset too. So that's uh, that's a thing. So <laughs> that's uh, that's Connect Pro. But uh, yeah, we got a other a lot of good stuff to get to uh, the rest of the show today. We got a little bit about uh, New Japan's King of Pro Wrestling. We're going to preview that show coming up Monday. Uh, this Sunday we have WWE Hell in a Cell. Uh, we also have the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about that a little bit, and then of course the much anticipated return of Bouncing Around Japan. But Joe, before we do that, I know you want to let people know about our friends at Dollar Shave Club. You caught me off guard. <laughs> By now, everybody knows that Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors for a few bucks. <laughs> Both Rich and I have been members for a while, and we love our shave. What you might not know, we didn't, is that Dollar Shave Club also has products for pretty much everything else you need in the bathroom. Body wash, shampoo, hair gel, lip balm, everything. At the store, there's too many options. You can't tell the difference between any of them. And if you have any questions, the clerk doesn't know what's going on either. They can't help I you. Shit. No one likes to talk to anyone. I know I don't like to talk to anybody at the store. Okay, I want well, to never helpful. Have they ever been helpful? Has anybody at a store ever helped you find anything? Ever? I don't know. I won't ask for help. So they don't. I'm telling you, they don't. They they look and they're like, uh, uh, like hardware stores. Yes, you can ask the guy, hey, where do I get nails? And the guy's like, yeah, aisle twelve. Like perfect. But you go to a grocery store, they never have any fucking clue. You're like, hey, where do I get chocolate? They're like, uh, I, don't, I think we have it in the candy aisle. It's like, all right, thanks. They never, they you know what I mean? Like, that's it. So it's they certainly won't know where the butt wipes are. They, well, if they even have butt wipes, for God's sake. So. Dollar Shave Club makes it easy and convenient for you to upgrade your shave and your bathroom. Just like the razors, everything is super high quality and left me looking and feeling amazing. From the premium ingredients to sophisticated scents, Dollar Shave Club is changing the game. If you're like us and sick of the nonsense at the store, now's the time to try out Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, Dollar Shave Club is basically giving away their shit shower and shave starter set to new members. I'm not afraid to say it, Colin Coward. For only $5, this starter set features their executive razor and three trial size versions of their most popular products that help you stay fresh and clean. In your first box, you will receive the shave butter, the body wash, and the butt wipes. 
You will also receive their executive razor. That is the one Joe Lanza uses, which includes their premium weighty handle and full cassette of cartridges. After the first box, replacement cartridges are sent for only a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. Dollar Shave Club's high-quality products will have you covered from face cheeks to butt cheeks and buttholes. There is no better time to try the club. To be fair, the, the, the copy that they gave us did not say buttholes, but that's all right. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Is it about butt? If used, it's a, no, have, if it, no, I haven't. Don't. Have you used the butt wipes? I haven't. I have not. Okay, so they're still unopened. They're still unopened, yes. Are you telling me the point of the butt wipe is not to wipe your butthole? You, are you really going to use them on your butt cheeks? Well, you're right. It's not for the butt cheeks. You're right. You're right. You're not wrong. So, so I am doing them a favor. You're right. You're being more specific. I mean, they're trying to be cute with the face cheeks, butt cheeks, but you're you're being practical. You're being, you know, a realist here. It's like, well, Ray, if you're going to use a butt wipe on your cheek, that's a waste of a butt wipe. You got to get on the butthole. You know, that's the whole point. Sure. The butthole and the butt crack. You got to get that butt grease out of there and you got to get the butthole peppermint flavored, you know. For your for your partner, your lover, you know, they got it's got to be all clean and peppermint flavored. That's the point of the butt wipe. Let's be honest, your lover. Yeah, I don't know. We got ladies listening, men listening. What am I supposed to say? I can't just say your girlfriend or your wife, right? No, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. All kinds listening. So your lover. Everyone has a lover. I mean, that's just that covers everything. So you know, that's what the butt wipes are for. You know, the peppermint butt. It's not for the cheeks. I'm doing them a favor here. Who wants butt cheek wipe? You would never use a butt cheek wipe. You know what I mean? You're going to get on there and get on the butthole. That's the whole point. So clean your butthole because the toilet paper just doesn't do an adequate job cleaning your butthole. You ever wipe your butt sometimes with toilet paper? And it's like you I have do a lot. Yeah, actually I do a lot, Joe. Thanks. Yeah, so, and, so, and you so. have what's called the infinite. <laughs> have you ever? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. No, but you didn't let me finish. Oh, you I have, apologize, yeah. You, have, you ever have it where you have the infinite wipe? Like no matter how many times you wipe. Yeah, you're like, what the hell's going on down there? Like, there's why still. Is, why is there still? Yeah, like, why is there still? A faint trace of brown on this. I've I've wiped forty-seven times. My toilet's gonna get clogged. Why is there? Well, if you have these butt wipes, Rich, mm-hmm. okay, and you use them on the butt hole as opposed to the butt cheek, that's gonna take care of that. You know, it's gonna get you nice and fresh, peppermint flavored, ready to go with your day. You ever used a bidet, Joe? I have never used a bidet. I never have either. I was in Italy, and I was very, I was like nervous. I didn't know what to expect or like what to do or how to get ready or you know. Seems oh, easy. So you, so you had use of a bidet, but did you you did not utilize? I never it. used it. No, I like was looking and I couldn't quite. Like, there was like one time where I was ready to go and I was like, all right, let me figure out how to use this thing. But then like it, the way I was about to approach it was, I it just didn't seem like that was going to work or that. Well, it was what, just gonna... How you can't really make much of a mistake, right? You just sit down and turn the thing on, right? Yeah, you would think, but it's it, they, they were confusing. I don't know if it's. Uh... How can they be confused? Okay. What's the worst that can happen? You get some water sprayed on your balls, you well, know? That's the problem. Yeah, and that was the issue. Is like there was never a time where I had enough time to like, like if that happened, if it was kind of like a disaster and water went everywhere and there was like butt water all over the place, like I didn't have enough time to like. We were always busy. Every time we were in Italy, we were always doing something, moving on or whatever, or it is in the morning or whatever. So I didn't want that, like, because that was going to take a lot of time. I was going to spend like you know a half an hour to clean up all the butt water or whatever the hell. Because it seemed like the one time I hit it, like a lot of water came out all at once, and I was like, "Ooh, that that seems like way more water than it should be coming out." So that 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 scared me a little bit. Listen, so. if you want to spray down my butthole, you could use as much water as you want. No, it was like a lot. It was like a, a, a yeah. It, it it had me a little nervous. So, but that's my but- fault, and now I regret it. Greatly because anything involving your butt seems to scare you. Yeah, I, I must have a, a phobia or something. Why don't you get Michelle in there to help you out with the bidet? You know, she would have. Yeah, 
No, I did, and she she couldn't really figure it out either. So that was the issue. I, don't so I told her. I said I really want to use this because I I feel like it's an ingenious invention. Like we're we're a bunch of idiots and schmucks, you know, killing trees while we do the infinite wipe, like you're talking about. And then here's this magical invention right here, and we don't use it. And then like I realized I was like, oh, this is a lot of work. The infinite wipe stinks. You ever have like an infinite wipe, and you're just like, I gotta jump in the shower. I have done that, yeah, yeah, because you you assume that you've now pushed it around. It's it's everywhere. Like yeah. you assume it's just a disaster down there. Because if it's like it continues coming, it's got to be like so horrible down there. It's got to just be an absolute train wreck. So you might and, as well you don't just, take like, the full shower. You just you do like the half shower where you just open up your cheeks. Yeah, oh, yeah. and you try yeah. to just, you know sometimes I'll just like I won't even take my shirt off. I'll just lift it up above my shoulder blades. You know what I mean? And then just stick my ass in the stream and try to like. You know, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I don't want to get my hair wet. You know, I don't want to get all soaked. But my I, this infinite wipe is killing me. You know, so, so you, you hop in the shower. To t- well, dollarshaveclub.com/slash/voices. You know, you get the butt wipes. You avoid that emergency shower with the infinite uh, wipe. There, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're afraid of the bidet, like Rich. I don't know why yeah. you'd be afraid of that. You should have just turned the thing on. I know. I mean, first of all, you're in a hotel, so what's the difference? You know, it's not like you're. You're making a mess in your own house, and then you just yeah. I did. They give, they they give you towels. You just dry it up, and you're right. You're right. All down to the gimmick, and say, "Hey, I need more towels up in 248 or where you know." Ah, uh, see, but I'm I'm like a dumb American there. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't want them to be like, "Oh, you tried the bidet and you fucked it up, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know." And the, and this is, I'll tell you why I was also a little nervous too. Is we were in the first hotel we were in, it had like this like dangling cord in the middle of the shower, and I was like, "The fuck is this thing?" I have no idea. So I brought Michelle, and I'm like, "What do you? Do you what could you even fathom that this is?" And we started like pulling on it and pulling on it and pulling on it or whatever. And like a day later, I find that that's like if you fall, you pull on that so they know to come up to your room. Oh, but nobody came to our room, so I imagine that like the buzzer went off and they looked, and it's like, oh, it's those fucking American assholes, like yeah, those idiots are probably like, dude, what is this for? So like, wait, this thing, this thing, like hangs down all the way that far to where if you're lying yes and- yeah yeah no it's it's like yeah isn't it, that in the way if you're trying to yeah. take a shit? So that's, I was like, what the hell is this thing? Like, I was I like, need that shit. Like I and I was like, oh, does this like? I thought it was like a drain. Like you hit it, and then the drain turns on. Like I didn't know what. To, so I I must have pulled on this thing like fifteen times during one of my first showers there, being like, huh, what does this do? Does it make the hot water? Okay, no, no, no. Then I bring Michelle in. She's pulling on it, and I know that. So I was nervous the rest of the, the entire trip to like ever call this anybody. Is bizarre. Cause... I wouldn't. I like. I don't even. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't feel like you need that. How often does someone slip and fall? And- <laughs> that's what I mean. I was like, and then when I found that out, I was even more. I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like that, that couldn't possibly. You know, this was some asshole slipped and fell in that hotel and broke their hip or something. It was every. It was. It must have been an Italy or Europe thing. It was in every single European hotel we went to, or every every Italian hotel, I should say. This is bizarre. And then I knew to not touch. And then I was like scared that like my hand would touch it uh, in other ones, or that I would like pull down mistakenly or something like that. So it was. It was very. Uh, so it's just a cord hanging from the ceiling up inside the shower. Right. Yeah. And it had like a little red like tab to it at the bottom or whatever. And it, it's not a, it's, it's a very small little cord. It was very like, it was tiny. So you knew it didn't serve like a giant purpose, but I couldn't figure out what purpose it served. So I just <laughs> pulled on it. Are, you, are times. you positive that's what it's for? Yes. I, I've, I've done research because I, I, then it, it annoyed me so much that I was like, I had to like Google like, cord hanging down shower europe is, or whatever and it is was there like, a way to move it out of the way when you're taking a shower uh no no it's there it just hangs there yeah it was off to the this side a little smart, bit right? it wasn't like right down the middle it was like to the side sort of like dangling on the on, on the wall of the of the shower this but, just seems so extraneous like why like what are the how many times a year <laughs> exactly like how often does yeah. somebody fall in the shower and they need to immediately come up to help them 
Right. I'm, I'm a big fan of like not doing things like that for the most rare instances of things occurring. I just think it's a waste of time and money. Like how often, how many times a year do you think in a typical hotel that that thing gets pulled for the reason it's supposed to get pulled? I guarantee you there's like 20 to 30 times more false alarms with that thing with people like you just tugging on it. Yeah, exactly. It's actual use. I actually do remember now how I figured it out because I don't know if you know who Rick Steves is, but he's like this guy that travels all around Europe. He's like a PBS guy or like, a you know, and, and we bought one of his books or whatever. Now I remember like thumbing through it and he was talking about showers and I was like, ah, that's it. Now I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Here's this exact thing. This is from RickSteves.com. Travel tips. If you go to uh, Europe, it's a shower cord. The cord that dangles over the tub or shower in many hotels is not a clothesline. Only pull it if you've fallen and you can't get up. But if the cord hangs outside the tub or shower, it probably controls the light. Good luck with this. Ugh. So he's saying right there, you're going to fuck it up and you're going to pull this thing. Yeah, he's saying this is... I thought it was a light too. Like I, I, You would think it looks like a, a laundry room light or just like sure. a normal... You know what I mean? Like that little... A, a small springer, like your basement or your... Oh, your yeah, maybe like, like the, uh... Maybe yeah, like, like that cord that hangs from a ceiling fan or something. Exactly. Like, yeah, like one of those dumb little thin cords that that and, and yeah. So I, I was pulling, thinking maybe it was a light in the shower. I was like, I don't see a light, but maybe there is one. Like so, it's 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 something else. But uh, yeah, that was uh, so that that started my uh, nervousness on using the bidet. Uh, listen, I, I fucked I, the bidet I, up, and they're like, now the bidet you fucked up. I'm like, okay, all right. Like I just, I, you know. I can't defend the Italians here. I would love to. <laughs> I mean, I'll defend Rick people, Petito what are people all day, doing? Yeah. but I can't defend this. I can't defend You're Ricky. Oh, Ricky. Oh, Ricky. I'll, I'll defend Rick Petino. I got no problem. Yeah. Oh, I, Ricky. Ricky's I have no problem. Uh, yeah, he is in trouble. He's in big trouble. Uh, I stand with Rick Petino, but he is in trouble. Um, you know, but uh, but I can't defend this court. I just can't do it. It seems like a waste of time. Strenuous, um, Joe, is what it is. What won the fan vote here? The fan vote. So earlier today, you on Twitter said we have many topics to talk about. What do you guys want us to talk about in the first hour? We have wasted most of that first hour talking about Canuck Pro and, and, and buttholes. But what did win the poll, though, was New Japan King of Pro Wrestling. So we're going to preview that show coming up this Monday. So forget, remember that. It's going to be on Monday, the show from Sumo Hall, King of Pro Wrestling. Uh, Joe, we'll break down the card here in a minute. But your overall thoughts when you look at the card, I, I it kind of took me by surprise. I was doing the preview for the site, which will be up by the time most of you guys uh, listen to this. I was stunned at how good of a card this is like even the tag matches even everything on this card there's there's maybe one match that i'm not interested in and even that match i still think is going to be pretty solid based off who's in it but this is a really really good show yeah i mean i think the second half of the show is really good um there's a couple matches that are a little bit repetitive um <laughs> you don't I, say. I, this this needs to be the end of naito ishii for a long time um, I don't mind. I think we're right at the brink of me having enough of that match. You know what I mean? Like, this is it. This has to be the last. Like, I don't want these guys to touch each other. They, I don't want them in the same G1 block next year. I don't want them anywhere near each other. This has to be the last Naito Ishii match for a long time. The Kushida Osprey match, again, uh, you know, the the story we talked about, Osprey, 0-4 versus Kushida. Three matches in New Japan, one in Europe. Um, that's repetitive too, but they haven't done it in New Japan in a while. So I can kind of give them a break there. Uh, it doesn't feel overdone in New Japan. I just have a problem with the booking, like I went into in detail last week. Um, <laughs> and of course, the, the the tag team title match, which is the most repetitive match uh, possible. But this, you know, if you could overlook that, um, I'm probably not as high on the card on paper as you are. It seems, uh, I remember when the card was announced, you you were tweeting out how excited you were, and you sound pretty excited now. I think it's a good card. Um, you know, I don't think it's a fantastic card on paper or anything like that, but looking at it, there is some stuff on the undercard that's that's fresh, and I do think that um, you know if everything clicks on this show, it can be one of the better shows of the year. 
All right, so let's, uh, let's break down the card here real quick. I'm trying to uh, fire up one thing here real quick while we do that because I got some fun stats. I want to play a little fun game. All right, well, you, I'll walk through the matches then. You can look that up. Yeah, now. yeah, I guess because this will be fun. This will be a fun little game to play on one of the matches coming up, but it's, it's pretty quick. All right, go 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 over the start of the card, and then I'll, I'll get this thing fired I'm, up. I'm going to lump the first two matches together uh, because it's just a bunch of guys who really just have no, nothing go, nothing cooking booking-wise right now that they've thrown in some tag matches. So we've got Bad Luck Fale, Leo Tonga, who debuted on the last tour and uh, seems to team with Fale a lot. And they're teaming with Yujiro, and they're taking on Bushi, Hiromu, and Sonata. And then we've got Hiroki Goto and Toru Yano against Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. So you've got Fale and Suzuki and Sabre Jr. and Goto and... Uh, and um, Hiromu, guys that are usually involved in programs, they're just downcycled right now and they're not involved in programs, so they're kind of just thrown into these tags. There's always the possibility that Goto and Suzuki start a program coming out of this. Uh, or, I think there's another uh, name in that tag match that I think he's starting a program with. Uh, you think it's going to be Yana? See, I, I, I really hope not because that was like the 2014 feud that never ended. Ah, funny you should mention that, Joe. That is exactly what I looked up. Okay. I want to play a fun little game with you. I know you don't know this off the top of your head. So I, I, I looked this up earlier to figure it out. So from August 2012 to July 2014, so August 2012, July 2014, so a little under two years, how many singles matches do you think that Toru Yano and Minoru Suzuki had? 11 billion. No, you know <laughs> you're what? not far off. You're not far it's, off. It's it, it, singles matches or matches overall because if you count tags, you can. No, fight. no, I'm not, I didn't count tags because that would just be ungodly. No, it, and, the number is ungodly when I just say singles matches. Trust me, you will be stunned by how many singles. And keep in mind, this is a company that doesn't do a ton of singles. <laughs> exactly, right, right. And I have, a, I have a comparison for you as well. So, yeah, so from August 2012, July 2014, Yano Suzuki, how many singles matches? And this mm. is counting, this is counting tournaments, New Japan Cups, G1s. Never to open wide. Yeah, just, just singles matches. Match. Just singles matches. Yeah, one versus one. Lay it on me. Eight. Wow. That's for this company. <laughs> well, here, so, how many, and I, I think you should know this off the top of your head, do uh, Okada and Tanahashi have in the Okada comeback phase? Because he's got that one extra one where he was the young lion. I kind of strike that from the record. Yeah, I kind of strike that from the record. So, there's nine. Uh, I well, I think it's seven actually. If you take out the young line one, is right? it, isn't it nine all together that they had? I don't think so. I think it's eight, but <laughs> I think I looked it up earlier. But I'll. Uh... I had the two draws. He's not and going then, over every single one. <laughs> pretty sure it's nine, but your uh, point stands. Right? Yeah. Let me let me let me fire it up real quick. Two assholes wrestled eight times in, <laughs> in two time. years. Yeah, and then in you know in six years, uh, they have eight uh, for cage match. They have eight. They have uh, Wrestle Kingdom ten, Wrestle Kingdom nine, King of Pro Wrestling two thousand thirteen, uh, Invasion Attack. They are missing a draw here, guys. Unbelievable. So you're right. It is nine. Yeah. The draw is not here. Cage match. What, well, how did you? Uh, what, they have a little rivalry. You... They have that rivalry section or whatever. So that I just page that. is that page is off sometimes. Yeah. So you went to rivalry and then click their rivalry, correct? Yeah, but let me let me go to. Uh, I'll do actually Tanahashi. Occasionally page, that page right. is off. If you if you Let's search, sure, yeah. If you search uh, the wrestler and then put the other wrestler in the box, right, and, and just, then just constellation is, is singles cool. matches, you're going to get a much better result. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, you'll probably get all. Uh, so it's 10. Yeah, okay. So it's 9 with when you include the um Yeah, so it's 10 total, right, it's 9 without the Young Lion match, which 9 yeah. in the 9 in the feud and 10 yeah. with the Young Lion match. Yeah, right? okay. So so there you go. So you so, got 9 matches in in from so, February 2012 to the present. Right. And those two assholes wrestled 8 times in a 2-year period. Yes, they wrestled one less time. <laughs> Tanahashi and Okada. And and Rich, 
this might be a hot take. The matches weren't as good as the Tanahashi Okada match. Yeah, I've you know I've heard that. I've I've um I'd have to go back and watch them all just to make sure. But um, I do remember at the I, time not enjoying them. But I don't know. I think if you counted tags, I mean it would the number would have to be in the four. Oh, it'd be it'd be unbelievable. Yeah, I, I um I don't even I mean, want to because I think it would make me so upset because that was like and that's the thing for people that like because there are still people that are like oh I don't know why everybody hates Yano it's like funny it's hilarious the reason a lot of people hate Yano or like you know you why we don't want to see it because like there was times where it was like you couldn't get a singles match for the light I mean you were dying for a, a singles match and then it was Yano and Suzuki was your big singles match or remember when the, the, the it was Makabe and who it was Makabe and, and Goto right forever or was it not Goto it was Makabe and Ishii wrestle each other yeah. for like 15 times too and it's like what no like- well, seemingly that's the thing I think it was three matches oh and- but they were excruciating <laughs> yeah and they were getting the problem with them is they were worse as they went along and and it's like people were sick of that these guys had eight matches and all those tags and it was a year and a half long feud that never fucking ended and it was just horrendous and you think that's the direction you're going again you very much could be right um I really hope not I hope that's not a dome match that would really be a waste of a dome match, uh, Suzuki versus Yano. Um, I, I really don't think – does anyone want to see that? Even the people who like Yano, do they want to see him face Suzuki in the dome? I, I, probably not. They, uh, By the way, uh, those those two, Yano and Suzuki, have had 115 matches with each other since uh, February of, or uh, July of, of 2012. So they've been in matches with each other 120 uh, – 115 times. So. 116 now, baby. So – uh, there you go. But those, so we'll see if anything comes out of that. You would think that Suzuki's next challenger would come out of that match. Um, but I mean, look for the second match on the show. There's some big names. There's some. That's what I mean, and that's that's why I like about this card is it's like there's still Zack Saber, there's still Suzuki, and there's still Goto in the second match. And it's like, and in the first match that you mentioned too, I think this is another fun little stat thing here. Um, with those two, you would assume with the, with obviously with New Japan the way it's structured that that units always face each other, stables always face each other. LIJ and Bullet Club have been kept apart to yes. like an unbelievable, a shocking degree. Like I think they have six total interactions this entire year. Yeah, and like three of those were like gauntlet, never open weight six man title matches or whatever, where like multiple teams were in there. So it was like every six man unit was in a gauntlet match or whatever. Which I don't know if I necessarily count that. So it's really like three in terms of like legit or three or four legit like either six man singles matches or or tag matches. So the LIJ Bullet Club thing, even though that's the opener, it's just kind of a throwaway. That still has a little bit of a freshness to it that that you know other unit matches or other stable matches don't have in New Japan. I mean, that's a little unique too. This is why I said, looking at this, for everything that's repetitive, there's something pretty fresh here too on this yeah. show. So, um, and, and look, it's just that it's it's just that you know, Hiromu and and Bad Luck Fale and and people like that just they're, they're just they don't have a program right now. So they kind of threw the leftovers in that six man. And like you say, at least it's some people who haven't we haven't seen you know now Hiromu and Fale have this whole deal over the Daryl gimmick, right? So there'll probably be some interesting interactions there since Fale ripped it apart or whatnot. So you got that going on and a little bit going on in that match too. But uh, now we get into the the rest of the card really. Everything's meaningful. Um, you know, sometimes with these New Japan shows, you get an entire first half of shit that means nothing, you know? And I think that's kind of what hurt the Destruction Tour a lot. But uh, the third match on the show is the junior tag title match, Funky Future Defense against Rapongi 3K, who we don't know who that is. Um, Rocky Romero promised a new Rapongi Vice team uh, that'll be known as Rapongi 3K. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation. Rich, I have inside information. I know who the team is. Would you like to know? I would. You think New Japan will be upset with us if I reveal the team? No, nah, I don't think so. It's the Ring Crew Express done in Marcos is, uh, is Rapongi Vice 3K. <laughs> I, I knew it. Uh, now, the now were there. Are they the knife guys too? 
There are some. No, I know who the knife guy is too. Okay. Now there are some. Uh, there, 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 Alex Sugarfoot Payne, of course. Yeah. I got some conflicting reports. Uh, another very uh, high quality source thinks that uh, Rapongi 3K is up in smoke, Cheech and Cloudy. So, <laughs> it, you know, don't be surprised if it's either. Who's Cheech the knife guy? Can you can you spoil me on the knife guy too? While we're in this big cycle here. Well, listen, you know, here's the thing. We get in a lot of trouble when we do this sort of thing. You know what I mean? We don't have to relive the whole green ant thing, you know? Um, I think that, that you know, um, New Japan's going to be upset with us enough that we revealed who Rapongi 3K is going to be. So I think I'm going to lay low on the knife guy. Um, but listen, you just, you know, don't be surprised. Let me just tell you, uh, uh, here's the thing with the knife guy. Don't be surprised if it's our good friend Ryan33. That's all I'm going to say about the knife guy, okay? The, the knife guy might be hungry, and he might want to be fed more. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing from the same source who told me that Rapongi 3K was up in smoke. So, <laughs> right, so it's obviously a reliable uh, source. because Totally reliable. Cause they, I, you know, I'd be on. I'd be down with Up and Smoke being Rapongi 3K. Like it can't be, and that's the thing. Like people have mentioned, like Tanaka and Kabatsu or whatever. But the problem is, and, and that makes sense, and and it's probably time for those guys to come back or whatever. But the issue that I have is like the Rapongi T. I, I don't know. Would they fit with Romero? They just feel like a weird fit right now. I, I. But the problem is, I don't know who fits with Romero, and I don't even know if Romero's in the team or not. Like that's the other thing. People yeah, assume yeah, that's he's right. managing, but I don't. I mean, I assume that he's managing it as well. But he hasn't really indicated that. He just said it'll be better, back and better than ever. And it's like, okay. So it's hard to know who the hell. I mean, it, it's it could be a really awesome return. It could be a really cool team that comes in or whatever. It could be, you know, if it is Kamatsu and Tanaka, I'll be down with that. But it's just like, it, it seems, I don't know. It's, 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 it's strange. I don't know who quite fits in the Rapongi mold. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. It could be Romero and a partner. I think most people just assume... You know, because you know he's going to take on a bigger role with the with the America the, the New sure, Japan right. USA stuff and the dojo and all that. And um, but you know, who knows? I mean, look, this is one of those things that's going to be a legitimate surprise. I don't think anyone really has is keyed in on this, so it'll be a lot of fun when they come out. The problem with pro wrestling surprises, Rich, is ninety percent of the time they disappoint. Right, because you, you you build know, it up in your head, and it's oh my god, it's you know this team, it's that team, it's these guys, and it's it's often not those guys. unless it's the Wrestle One debut show where every surprise was awesome. Wrestling surprises generally will disappoint you. So when Up and Smoke comes out from behind that curtain, you know, don't say uh, Joe Lanza didn't have was keyed in on it's the. It's been quite a while since uh, old uh, Cheech has, has wrestled too, right? It's been quite a while for them. I couldn't tell you the last time you're the one of those guys. Let's find one, Chief Hernandez. Let's see. I, I think I think uh, Dunn and Marcos would be more. <laughs> I mean, oh, Chief is still active. Mm-hmm. Chief is still active. Yeah. Okay. He, uh, he wrestled in September 24th in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. So maybe uh, I don't know. Be flying with a few guys. He was probably booked on one of those uh, Canuck Pro shows. He's very active still in in, in Canada, but. Um, I'm surprised both of those teams weren't booked on the Canuck Pro shows. <laughs> they might be in that. You know, if, if a team had to drop out, I'm sure they were the alternates on Absolutely. Uh, for that tag title. Um, turn thing. All right, Marcos, uh, he last wrestled in 2016, so he's ripe to, uh, for, come, for coming back. That guy wrestled in 2016? Yep. If it's the same Marcos. I don't know that it is the same Marcos. Uh, let, let me, I, I should probably discover it if he is. No, it's the same Marcos. Okay. Wow. There you go. Doesn't, yeah, he was in, what kind uh, of show was that? Let's see the company here. This is a. We should just have a Patreon show that's just like Joe and Rich have fun with. <laughs> he was on the RPW Allegiance, the Jesse Tupac Memorial Show, Fort what Myers, Florida, Riverside Community Center. Jason Moore, Jason spelled with an I. Uh, Shane Swift defeated Marcos and Max 2X Stardom. 
Max 2X Stardom. And this is the same Marcos from Ring of Honor. Yes. Hmm. Your main event was an eight-man tag team elimination match. Blanco Loco, Draven Frost, Gabriel Black, and Zach Monstar defeated Ace Andrews, Chico Adams, Sideshow, and Slade Porter. My God. Slade this was Porter. in Florida? This was in Fort Myers, Florida, yeah. This is a grimy show by Florida standards. <laughs> this is pretty bad. But it was all for Jesse Tupac. So, I mean, it, it's, you know. Who is that? I don't know. <laughs> are, you gonna, are we just going to pretend we know who that is? Because we don't. Yes, yeah, let's just go with what we do. Um, yeah, Jesse Tupac. I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, you know, it's, it's in times of, of distress that you find out who the real heroes are. And, and they really did with the Jesse Tupac. All right. Well, from the intrigue of the junior tag title match where we don't know who the opponents are to the <laughs> total non-intrigue of the heavyweight tag team title match. Same match again. Fourth time in a row. This no, time Joe. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's okay. tornado elimination, Joe. It's wholly different. Three-way tornado elimination. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Do we need to say anything about this? Mm. Is there? Nope, we can move on because the results don't matter. The, the And it sucks. And I, I mentioned this in my preview. It sucks because these guys bust their ass. They're all good workers. We like all the guys. And and it's a big moment. Uh, KS winning the title should have been a really cool moment. Came back from injury, all that sort of stuff. But you don't care. And like I, you know, in the predictions, I, I have War Machine winning again because I don't know. Like who cares? Like it doesn't. Anybody can win these titles. KS can retain. Girls of Destiny can win. War Machine can win. It's all the same odds. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. And it's just it. It just it's gonna happen and it's gonna exist and then it's gonna be gone and nobody's gonna care ever again. This is like breaking down these matches are like breaking down WWE booking. It's a waste of time. It's pointless and you can't get into it. Because what's the point? Uh, when the booker doesn't care, why should we care? Uh, when there's no thought put into it beyond this show, then why should anyone care? Um, obviously, no. This is like this show will set up a lot of things that 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 occur at Wrestle Kingdom. So you would think that whoever comes out of this, maybe they face uh, you know a challengers come out. I you know I, I don't know, but it's really hard to get into this even with the stipulation added. Um, you know, Dave Meltzer gave the last three-way between these two teams four stars, and I saw him take a lot of shit for that. But it really was a really good match. The problem is when your mind is already set that you don't that you're not interested in something, right? You know what I mean? It's like it's not it, it's. But I could totally see in a vacuum that match getting four stars. You know, with all the crazy bumps that were taken and everything else, and but it's like it's it's just impossible to get into. So uh, match number five is Cody Cody R. Who apparently, uh, you know, I you know, you got to call him if you want to do a war games match. Apparently, I mean that yeah, was that's the dumbest. Are we going to talk about that? I mean, um, you know, Cody R, Kenny Omega, and Marty Skrull returning to uh, New Japan, taking on Beretta, Jado, and Yoshihashi. Now I have some thoughts on the match, but first, this Cody R thing. I mean, who the fuck does he think he is? I mean, this guy's got the biggest head. I you know. If WWE gave him a courtesy call for this War Games thing, I mean, whatever. That's their business if they think that's being pulled. But they don't need to call him for shit. I mean, unless you're going to put Dusty Rhodes' name on something. I get it then. Okay, yeah, we're the Dusty Rhodes Classic makes sense. Yeah, that's sure. Something, yeah. I, I don't know that. Look, hey, what do you think it is? It, it's going to be classy. It's you know, uh, you know, We're going to honor. But just because Dusty Rhodes came up with the War Games gimmick, you don't have to run that by Cody Rhodes. Who the fuck is Cody Rhodes? You know what I mean? It's their intellectual property. What what does he need to know for? You know, and he goes on Twitter like he's some kind of, uh, you know, I'm paraphrasing them, but yeah, they ran it by me. I'm okay with it. I hear they're going to do it. You know what? Who are you? Who are you? You know what you are? You're a guy they booked on superstars for the last six months you were there. Okay? Wearing a goofy gold outfit, doing a goofy. That's who you are to them. 
Oh yeah, you're Cody Rhodes. You don't need to know. You don't need to approve. What would have happened, Cody, if you would have said no? No, sir. I don't want you doing that War Games match. You think they would have cared? They would have just done it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> they would have done their War Games match anyway. And they should okay. because they own the intellectual property. Of that. Yes, so. as well they should. You know, the idea that Cody Rhodes has to be clued in on anything that has a, the loosest of connections to Dusty Rhodes. And that's it, too. Like, I understand that he, but like, and, and I know that's that's a match that's synonymous with Dusty or whatever, but there's plenty of things that. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's synonymous with him being one of the ideas or one of the the minds. But no, no, no. I was going to say synonymous with it, maybe to a fault, because I don't know that I necessarily, I I necessarily think that he is synonymous with it. I think to me, like, uh, there are numerous other guys that I'd probably put above Dusty Rhodes in terms of, yes, it, it was an idea that he had or it's an idea that he helped and he was in some of the matches or whatever, but that's, you know, I mean, like, it's not like his. Like it's obvious that when you say war games, people think, "Oh my God, Dusty Rhodes invention!" Like, yes, of course, the the match that Dusty Rhodes created and Dusty Rhodes owns and Dusty Rhodes all together. That's what I was saying. It was like they they make it synonymous with him, but it's not necessarily that. Or or people think it's synonymous with him, and I don't know if that's necessarily fair. To hold on, it. hold on a second. I don't even agree with that. Has that ever been uttered on air by any wrestling company, and has it been part of canon that Dusty Rhodes invented this match? If it, ha- I'm asking legitimately. I don't know the answer to that because I think that's just like a newsletter fan thing. That that, that those are the type of people who know Dusty Rhodes came up. No, with I mean I, I remember that being definitely. I, I remember in the documentaries and stuff that I'm talking about that. I think it was like he watched Mad Max or something like that and was like, oh, we should have a cage in front of there. And so yeah, but but again, like <laughs> it's you know Dusty Rhodes had watched a, sh- a, a movie and said, oh, cage, that'd be cool. So now he owns it forever, and it's always his thing. Like, you I don't know, like, like, the guy came up with a match idea. Am I calling Pat Patterson every time I want to do a Royal Rumble? I don't. I don't understand. Like, what's the big deal? Why are we clearing this through Cody Rhodes? Because they want to do a War Games match. If TNA wants to do uh, a Lethal Lockdown show again, they're gonna call Cody and make sure it's okay. Because uh, Dusty came up with that pay per view concept. Every time a company wants to do a Dusty finish, they have to call Cody and clear it through him first. I mean, this is ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know why I'm irrationally bothered by this. But I am irrationally bothered by the fact, not that even they called him, but that he went on Twitter to announce to the world that they called him to let him know that they were doing this War Games match. I mean, that just, I couldn't have cringed harder. I couldn't have rolled my eyes harder when I read that tweet. I, I don't understand why he needs to be in the know and, and why he needs to flaunt that to everybody. Yeah. I, I it's, this it just drove me nuts. I mean, I just think he's this guy's so arrogant. I mean, what is? Jeez, you know, your father had a match idea twenty five years ago. You know, I mean, wasn't? I mean, again, like, and and I remember, I, I'm trying to remember back, and I believe there was a, a a DVD set that came out with it that had a little mini documentary. Like they would talk about some of the matches before and then show show him. It was it was like 2013 or 2012 or whatever. And I remember him talking about that. And I'm looking it up now, and yeah, I was exactly right. He watched Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and was like, oh, that'd be cool. So it's not even like, you know what I mean? It's not like this thing that he was like, ah, God, it will put a cage around the ring and there's going to be a roof on it. Like there have been cage matches before too. It's just, you know, I guess he came up with the convoluted, confusing rules. And if you do that, then you have to call Cody. It doesn't matter if you call Dustin, who's actually been in war games matches and works for the company. No, fuck him. It matters if you call Cody. Well, here's the thing. So, yeah. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because maybe they ran it by Dustin too, but he's not sending out these arrogant self-serving tweets. No, he's probably like, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> like, who gives a shit? Like, he's like, he's probably saying, put me in the match. Yeah. You know, I'll do something with my career here. You know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, it rubbed me the wrong way. I don't understand. Like he, you know, he, like, I don't know. I, I don't even, 
whatever. But this match here, this six man match, um, you know, Marty Skrull's back. You got Beretta here. Uh, I, you know, you shoot an angle at Omega and Yoshihashi. Do they bother doing that to heat up the U.S. title match in taking place on the Ring of Honor? Is that a Ring of Honor show or is it a Global War show? What show? What are they doing? Uh, Global Wars. Yeah, it's a it's a Global Wars. Right, so, so it's a joint right, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so do you, do they shoot an angle here to heat that up? Um, do they do I'd something? Imagine. It looks like they're that's why they're probably against one another. You, you know, or, or why they're booked against one another. So I think so because that just got moved to iPay per view as well. So I think. Maybe every so often you want to throw a bone to ROH and go, okay, fine. We'll, yeah, we'll that's, what I mean. that's the thing. Do you think New Japan cares enough about Ring of Honor at this point to yeah. shoot an angle on their fourth or fifth biggest it is show? third title match, though, in the main event of that show. So, you know what I mean? Like, there is still some benefit to them mentioning it. It's like, I, I don't think I should go out there and not mention it at all. I think you should try. But again, I don't know that paper, I, I don't know that like Japanese audiences are going to have any clue or have an ability. I'm not sure how that works for, for, well, it'll, for, be on, for Ring it'll, of Honor. Yeah. it'll be on New Japan World. Oh, that's right. They'll put it on there later. Okay, so yeah, then I guess, yeah, throw it a bone. Why not? It's your title. I mean, make your title seem important, right? Yeah. You know, I, I forgot about this. I was looking it up uh, real quick before about the Cody Rhodes thing. Um, here we go. Okay, yeah, so this is this is exact quote. So I remember why this sort of started up. is because Starcade. he got upset the WWE used Starcade. So he said, he, he tweeted out, Dear Michael P.S. Hayes, if you're afraid an event won't sell because the holiday and want one of my dad's events, at least book Goldie. Ah, oh, yeah, get out of here, your dad's <laughs> events. <laughs> Who does this guy think he is? Uh, he's fathered by Jim Crockett. I didn't know that. Like, I guess, you know. I hope this War Games match is a convoluted mess. I hope it's a fucking... I hope it, it shits on the fucking legacy of War Games forever just to piss off Cody Rhodes. That's oh, what I mean. Brandy followed up here with Starkid was created and delivered by Dusty Rhodes. Oh, listen, I don't want to hear from Brandy Rhodes. Okay? <laughs> WWE didn't want to do it while he was here. Now they want to do it and not give credit? Uh, get lost, please. I don't want to hear a word out of her either. Okay, I don't want to hear a word out of her. She didn't know what Starcade was until she uh, married Cody. I don't want to hear a word out of her. And I don't want to hear a word out of Cody. They can both hit the bricks. I don't want to hear it. It's it, WWE owned. They bought the fucking company and all the intellectual property. If they want to run next week's main event and call it Starcade, they can do that. And they don't need to tell Cody Rhodes. Okay? What is he complaining about? Better not run a Halloween Havoc. You better run the It's, it's a cool Havoc little show. They booked the Rock and Roll <laughs> Express, for God's sake. Yeah. It's, it's well, a cool little gimmick. What's his problem? He's, he's a gatekeeper for some godforsaken reason. Gatekeeper I don't know for why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Every, his father wouldn't give a shit. Everything that Jim Cocker Promotions did is... Belongs to Dusty Rhodes. Belongs to Dusty, correct. And WWE, who owns... Technically, Jim Crockett Promotions. And now, honestly, own, own Jim Crockett Promotions from the beginning parts. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, that's the best part about it, too, is, like, they literally own that part as well from, like, the early, you know what I mean? And, like, also own WC. Like, they, they own it. It's theirs. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. Uh, you know, it, may, it really makes you sick. But you can't start it until, you know. Can we copy Dusty Rhodes' awful booking? Can we do that without asking Chris? <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. That, can the Warriors match be a complete disaster where nobody knows the rules and is really confusing and convoluted? Then yeah, but it, yeah. he's going to be on the Twitter. Oh, geez, that's my dad's gimmick, the the can, can, story that doesn't pay off and doesn't make any sense. Can we never create a star because the, you know, <laughs> copy Dusty Rose's booking mod? Can we do that without running that past Cody Rose? Is that allowed? Um, I like the know. idea of any time they do a Dusty finish. Like, uh, Cody? Yeah. Can, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do a fuck finish. Can we, can can we, we do run that? a Dusty finish without running it by Cody? Can, is, is anyone allowed to throw a bionic elbow in tribute to Dusty Rose without calling no. Cody Rose first to clear I'm it? I'm not out. sure guys are allowed to bleed anymore, to be honest. I mean, I mean, listen, Dusty Rose invented blood. 
So mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you know, can anyone have polka dots on their gear without calling Cody first? Can we clear that through him as well? Um, you know, what, how far does this go where Cody Rhodes has to get a courtesy call? You know, uh, you, 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 how far are we going to go with this? Who does this guy think he is? Is it really unbelievable, this guy? I forgot about the Starcade thing. I remember that, 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 and that was only a few weeks ago. But yeah, that's that infuriating. Was, that one is. It's a fun bad. little thing they're doing. It's a fun little thing for the local market, right? What's the problem? I it makes you sick. It makes you sick. This guy, it really does. This inflated ego. Oh, yeah. Well, so, do you think they'll do something with Beretta here with either Cody or Marty Skrull? You think they'll move Beretta into his next program now that he's got Yujiro in the rear view? Uh, yeah, but the problem is though, I, I wouldn't do a Cody story, and I don't think they're going to do a Cody story because, you know, <laughs> looping our conversation around, you know, the end game is Beretta's got to keep keep winning, right, to keep the story alive. Like he's got to keep progressing, right? right? Like he doesn't just because you can't just get through Yudro and then go to Cody and then lose. Because I mean, Cody's not losing, so we know Cody's that. not a fan of losing. No, as- Cody doesn't lose at all, and and Cody likes to pick who he faces too. So I mean, maybe yeah, maybe he might have said. You know, they might have given him a list of guys, and Beretta's the guy he chose because, you know, that's what he has to do because, you know, Cody R. But um, that's a real thing, by the way. Um, and I know you know that, but, yeah, that's like, you know. Cody's not a fan of good matches either. No. Um, not, but... I don't, yeah, I mean, you know. Or I don't giving us autographs in um, Missouri yeah. or whatever we want. I don't think Beretta <laughs> necessarily has to win his next feud. I mean, you know, do you think, did they give Beretta a singles match at something like Wrestle Kingdom, you know, seventh from the top against Marty Skrull or something, I guess. Is yeah, maybe. Question. I just think Beretta's there because they need a chaos guys. The same reason Jado's there. I think it's all about Kenny Omega and Yoshihashi. And I don't think, I, I don't, I, I mean, I could be wrong and I, I hope I am wrong because I hope that Beretta gets moved into something. But I feel like those other two dudes, Skrull and, and, and Cody are just there to be there. Same with Beretta and Jado. They, they just had to fill out. Chaos and Bullet Club guys, and that's who it is. I think Beretta could be a Rambo guy. And you know what? I don't have a problem with that. It's like we talked about this. Work your way up the card. You know, it's like there's no yeah. rush to get this yeah, guy. Right. I mean, it doesn't have to be like in, in, you have to get him ready for the fourth match from the top from Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, we're not at that stage, anywhere near that stage right now. Right. You know, and, and you know, there's, there's been plenty of native guys that had to wait a very – look at someone like Yoshihashi, who's in this match, who had to wait a very long time. Um, to do anything of consequence, and you know, it, it's okay. It, they obviously believe in him, which is why they moved him up. But there's no need uh, to be hasty or rub out. If they give him a match, that's great. I wouldn't mind a Beretta Marty Skrull feud or something, you know. Although they consider Skrull a junior, right? Because he wasn't the best of the super juniors. So I guess you could forget about that. But uh, Kushida will Ospreay. I think Ospreay's winning the match. Um, which again, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to rehash what I said last week. I think it's terrible booking that got us here. Very lazy booking that got us here. I don't, I don't see how, Hey man, I can't beat you. So I want to face you again is a good way to tell a story. Um, you know, you could have at least had him beat him in a tag or something. If he did, I didn't see it. Um, that's, that's just, really where I'm at with this. It's like when you, when you really break it down and look at the entire story, it's a cool story. It's like Osprey can't get over the hump and can't beat Kushida. It's a right. good story at its core. But then, like, he has to then do something to get the title match, not just right. run down and say, I not have just to, Not it just exist. He right, hasn't, yeah. It's not, he hasn't even, you know, it's not that he hasn't pinned Kushida in any form or fashion. You know, I don't have a problem with beating guys in tags to set up singles, but he hasn't beaten anybody. You know, it's not like they told the story of him going through the other juniors to that's earn exactly, a number that's one. exactly the story it should have been. Like, he beats everybody, and it's like, all right, there's no one left but you, Kushida. You're the yeah. only guy I can't beat. And they had it set up on a platter. They had him feuding with Hiromu. Why couldn't he beat him in a singles match to set this up? If he would have beaten Hiromu in a singles match, I'd have no problem with this match. Right. 
because there's your setup right there. I yeah, just beat I beat the, the second guy, the former champ or whatever, yeah. and, and now I need you. I, I, now I got to prove that I can beat you. That's right. So I, I have a problem with the booking. I have a problem with the setup. Look, it's going to be a great match. I have no doubt about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah when it's all said and done, I don't think we're going to care about the booking. But Yeah, I mean, you know, from that and I think I think Will is going to win. And um, I do too. I, I don't see the, you know, I don't see him going 0-5. I mean, where do you, then you really, where do you go from there? So I think he wins the match. And I think he's your champion going into Wrestle Kingdom, which I think is fresh. I'd rather he go into Wrestle Kingdom the champion than Kushida. I just wish we arrived at it in a different way. And I think that based on what they've done here, they're saving the Hiromu Will Ospreay match for Wrestle Kingdom. Doesn't it seem like that to you? Um, you know, so, I, you know, maybe we get Will Ospreay, Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom. And if those two guys face each other at Wrestle Kingdom with both of their mindsets, they're, they're going to fucking tear the roof off of that dome. So I really hope that's the direction they go. I have nothing against Kushida. I just think that he had his time. Um, and it's it's time for some fresh stuff at the top of that division. And, um, you know, especially a featured dome match for that title. And and I'd rather see Willow spray Hiromu. And I have a feeling that's the direction they're going. Yeah, and, and that's what you're saying too. Like, Kushida's the guy that I like. And, and it doesn't mean that he can never, ever hold the title again. But it's like he had the title for a long right. time, lost it. And we were like, okay, cool, kind of a breath of fresh air. And just came right back in. And it, it felt like he never lost it. it when you really go back and, and think about it, it feels like he's been champion forever. So it's going to be a time where when he loses, and, and I, I assume it's going to be this as well, it'll be good to just have six or seven months or a year or whatever where, where he's not winning. And then you can put him back in there and you can have him do some fun stuff. But it feels like it's just been so exhausting. It feels like we never have gotten away from him as champion, even though Harumu had that short title run. But it's just because he won it right back, it, it, it did just kind of feel like like a nothing title change or a, no, a nothing title switch. So it feels like we've had Kushida as a champion for two years now. I mean, God, it's been... When you, when you go listen. in totality of it, it's been forever. So it's it's just time to start some fresh fresh matchups in there. Fresh, you, you know, you know where play. I yeah. stand. Roma would have never lost if it were up to me. He'd still right, be exactly. champion, yeah. and he would have he would have went into Wrestle Kingdom as champion and lost to Osprey there. And I would have saved, and then I would have had Kushida challenge Osprey because then you have the story of now I have to defend against this guy that I've never been able to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you never been able to beat me. You didn't beat me for the title. Let, you know, right. Here we go. So my, then, my, yeah. new, my new beginning defense would have been Will Ospreay defending against Kushida after Ospreay defeated Hiromu at Wrestle Kingdom. And Hiromu would have had been champion this entire time. Yeah, uh, That's how I would have done it. Um, you know, but you know, what are you going to do? Hiroshi Tanahashi and Togi Makabe against Juice Robinson and Kota Ibushi. Obviously, here we're setting up the main event for the uh, the old power struggle, where we assume it'll be the main event with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and uh, versus Kota Ibushi and Rich. We always forget the power struggle exists. We do this every year, yep, because we're sitting here talking about setting up matches for wrestling. <laughs> and power struggle. Exact, we had this exact conversation last year, and and, and we had and like seven thousand tweets where people were like, yeah. "You got power struggle." They can still do matches of power struggle. <laughs> Right, so they can still set stuff up at Power Struggle. You don't have to do your final go-homes for Wrestle Kingdom here. <laughs> um, you know, so you will set up some of Wrestle Kingdom from this show, obviously. You'll have some of your mainline matches set up. Okada, Naito, obviously, maybe one or two others. And then you'll shoot the rest of your angles at Power Struggle to set up the other matches. And then the uh, World Tag League final, you'll do your angles to heat everything up. Okay, so that's going to be your uh, the rest of your, your year lined up for you. And you can usually figure out who's going to win World Tag League based on who isn't paired off in a match already coming out of Power Struggle, which is why the World Tag League Tour, among other reasons, struggles 
because the winner is usually very predictable just based on who doesn't have a match yet for Wrestle Kingdom, right? So it's like you use process of elimination. Like the year that Shibata and Goto won, it was very easy to figure out because they didn't have matches for Wrestle Kingdom and you're not going to leave those guys off. So, um, you know, that's how the rest of the year will play out. I assume Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi will be the main event of that show because Naito is not going to defend the briefcase again. Oh, this is Okada's last defense. They're going to set up Okada Naito the day after this show and announce that. So you can't have those guys wrestle again. They'll probably wrestle on a tag on opposite sides of power struggle. So Tanahashi Ibushi will be your main event. Definitely a strong enough main event to headline that show for sure. Uh, but that's what this match here is all about. And, uh, you know, Juice Robinson and Togi Makabe are just along for the ride. So. Joe, I have a question for you. So <clears throat> you got Hiroshi Tanahashi and Togi Makabe, two of the uh, most well-known tag team, let me just sit on the apron and not do a thing in this yeah. match. Who is going to put the effort into this match? Because those are the two all-time greats. Togi Makabe is the legend. Like He is yeah. the, the god of, like, you forgot that he was even in the tag match because he never got in, never tagged in, never did anything. Maybe did a King Kong knee drop or said, you know, motherfucker at one point or whatever. Man, he's had six-man tags where he's tagged <laughs> in once, did a... <laughs> crawled into the crowd and you never saw him again. <laughs> right, just went and to the back. He was already eating. He was eating cupcakes before the three even hit. So he's legitimately had matches where he didn't take a single bump. You know, he's like he's the master. Yeah. You know, and Tanahashi's never right. studied though, so I don't. Who's yes? Who's somebody's got to do something to this match, right? Someone's got to work this match. And listen, it's it's not going to be Ace. I can promise you <laughs> That's that. That's what I mean. So it's not going to be the Ace. Okay, it's not going to be Go Ace. It's going to be. Uh, I think Togi's going to have to take one for the team oh. here. That's because tough, yeah. let's face it, Tanahashi runs shit in that locker room. Okay, right, right. so if, if if he doesn't want to go in there, he's gonna square. He's gonna have his nose to nose with Bushi, maybe to maybe to start the match, right? And they get the crowd all juiced up. They'll exchange some forearms. They'll uh, do a couple pretty spots, and he's getting the fuck out of there. And Togi Makabe is working the <laughs> the, Togi, the, the Togi Makabe and, control period for the next ten minutes. Exa- uh, exactly, and then you know Tanahashi out on Juice Robinson and saying, "Ah, motherfucker!" And then, like, exactly, know, yeah. This is going to be Togi Makabe <laughs> screaming at Juice Robinson, beating down Juice Robinson for for nine minutes, <laughs> because because if Makabe has to work the brunt of the match, he's not going to be the one selling. No, God, no, yeah, Juice isn't getting like Juice is getting one offensive maneuver, maybe. Yeah, so you can look at this match and you know that poor Juice is just going to get is going to be flying all over the place trying to make this match something, and uh, and then Tanahashi and Ibushi will come back in at the end, and you know Juice will take the fall. You know, uh, either that King Kong knee drop or, or you know, the high fly flow. That'll be that. And then Tanahashi and Ibushi will square off again. So, yeah, you're right. Interesting match. But we did, I think we just figured out how it's going to play out, like, to the <laughs> tilt. Like, we just agented this match, like, to, to perfection, you know? Because, you know, Tanahashi, yeah, he's, listen. He's, he's, you know, becoming, he he's not the all-time great yet, but he, he's getting there. In a few years, I think he can he can become the all-time Uh it's going to be tough to overtake Makabe. <laughs> as long as Makabe is still around, yeah. He's, yeah. he's not going to get a whole hell of a lot better either. Like, the effort is not going to increase in his 50s. Like, I think... I'll give Tanahashi this, though. What he will do in these tags sometimes is he'll do, like, the high fly flow to the floor. Yeah, and that's like, his, like, he will go out for a reason. Like, Makabe just goes out because yes. he wants to go out. Like, yeah, yeah, no. He just I'll crowd brawls and you never see him again. <laughs> right, yeah. Tanahashi will do something. He'll do a big spot. He'll get thrown over the top or he'll do the high fly cross body or, or, to the floor. And then he'll use that as an excuse to, to you know, he's taken out of the match, you know, and you never see him again. Makabe just is no effort. It's just, <laughs> he just, he just walks, he basically just walks back. He just walks away. 
I mean, I, I think I've seen matches where he wasn't even around for the post match. Like I think he's, <laughs> I think he's eating cupcakes. He's in the back, you know, yeah. taking out a whole cake before the before the guys even get back. <laughs> he's just gone, you know. And that's a fucking veteran, you know. He's like, I'm working third from the bottom. It's an eight man tag. No one's gonna miss me. Fuck this shit. You know what I mean? I'm out of here. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, fucking Togi uh, Makabe. Know, Nobody came here to watch Togi Makabe. Nobody cares. I'm good. Right. I you know, and and there's no reason for me to take a bump. So then we got Okada versus Evil. Um, obviously, oh, you Okada. That's the match there, Chief. Oh, Naito Ishii. Well, yeah. Okada I mean, let's that, lump yeah. them together because the finishes are obvious here. Um, the question is, can Naito and Ishii do enough here and do enough that's different to make these different than the other matches they've had this year and over the years? Honestly, I think that that match last year, a New Beginning, was so good in my opinion that. You know, I, I was so emotional about that match on this show that I nearly came to tears. I thought Ishii was so great in that match. But they've wrestled a million times since, including in LA. The matches are always great. Um, is this, you know, is this going to be a situation where these guys go out there and have a great match, but we're just like, ah, we've fucking seen this. But then again, it's Ishii. And, and if there's anyone who gets you emotionally involved in his matches, no matter what, and finds a way, it's Ishii. So I don't know. And then you have the main event where, again, the, the outcome is not in doubt. Very important match for Evil, though. You know, he already had a great match against Okada. He had some great matches in the G1 where he kind of broke through. But he really needs to have a great match here. Main event, his first big-time main event. I know he's main event at smaller shows, uh, you know, for the Never title and things like that. So not his first New Japan main event. Uh, even his first singles main event. But this is a big-time main event. This is one of the biggest shows of the year. And again, this, this show took a lot of balls to book this show this way. It's a major building. It's a sumo a, hall, for God's sake. Yeah, it's in a major time. building, yeah. one of the biggest shows of the year, and, and you're headlining with evil. you know. And, and, and look, I know Naito Ishii is a big match underneath, but again, it's a match that people have seen. And I think even you know, your non-smart fans can kind of ascertain that these finishes are not in doubt either. No, they know. I mean, they know what the Wrestle Kingdom main event is going to be. Yeah. There's no doubt in anyone's mind. Yeah, you don't need to be translating Dave Meltzer's Wrestling Observer to Japanese to know that these to, to have a good feel that these guys are winning the match. So I think everyone in the building, uh, save possibly the children, knows who's winning these matches. This this took some balls to book the show this way. I mean, you know, I you know, I I, I assume it's going to sell out. I haven't checked on ticket sales. Usually I do before we do our preview. I haven't checked. Um, but I mean, you know, it, 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 again, similar to that Omega uh, Juice Robinson show, this took some guts to book the show this way. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny because we're going to talk about all Japan later and they're booking Kento Miyahara versus Suwama in Korokin Hall as a triple crown title match. And a company that's trying to, you know, on the upswing and trying to come up, they have to give away a match like that. In, no, no, look, I know that's not exactly a fresh match. But my point being, you have a top star challenging for your top title in Cork and Hall. Okay. These other companies don't have the luxury of what New Japan, New Japan can just throw Juice Robinson in a main event of a major pay-per-view. They can throw evil into the main event of a sumo hall show. One of their four biggest shows of the year. I mean, they're really showing a lot of bravery with this booking. And, you know, some of this, it might start to backfire. Some of these shows where fans are like, oh, hold on a second. I don't know if I necessarily want to pay for this, you know, but we'll see. This is an important match for Evil. I think uh, he he kind of broke through to the next level uh, in a lot of people's eyes in that G one, and uh, and 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 he, you know, I think it would. It's not going to hurt if this is like a three and a half star match, and it doesn't really move people's needle. It's not going to hurt Okada one bit, but I think it will hurt Evil. So I think it's an important match for Evil. He's got to go out there and deliver. 
And uh, if he can go out there and just and just fool people with one near fall, right? If they can give us one near fall, that 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 kind of fools us. Then I think it's a success, and I think, I think that's. Gonna, the, I think they will too. And I, I, looking at their past matches, and looking at what Evil's done before, and looking at how good Okada is at those moments, those two point nine 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 kickouts, where you know that he's kicking out, but it's like, dude, you got to get your uh, get the shoulder up, get it up, and like you know, he waits the last second, You're like fuck, like. That got me. Like, I think they're going to have that moment. And and, and that's and the same thing is going to happen in the Naito Ishii, too. And that's the cool part about that as well, because Ishii will do that. He drags that out of people. He drags it out of the crowd. The sumo, everybody there in Sumo Hall, anybody that's even remotely smart will know that he has no chance of winning. But like you, you know, you, you passionately said the last time they had their match, you just get behind Ishii and you cannot help but do it. You get sucked in yeah. and you know he's not winning, but you're like, damn it, you know, maybe this is the time. Like, you know, it's not going to happen, but he's going to hit something and you're going to go, okay, well, I know it's not, but what about this time? This might be it. This could be it. And it's going to pop the crowd big. And I think the same thing is going to happen in the main event. And I think the main event is really, um, and I wrote this in the preview as well, a, a huge success for, for, for New Japan and Evil because this is Sumo Hall. And we'll see, obviously, how it does, you know, numbers-wise or whatever. I feel like it's probably going to hold up pretty well. well. We'll find out when, when you know, the numbers do come out. But, you know, the, remember the narrative a few years ago about the New Japan clinging onto their old stars and this is going to – and thankfully that subsided because – how could you possibly even have that same? They have in this this year, I mean, elevated guys like a Juice Robinson, an Evil, a Michael Elgin's main event shows. Like you said, there's numerous shows where they'll have guys and push them up to the top. You got Yoshihashi's of the world. You got these one-off main eventers. And, and really building a stable of those guys is just as important as building transcendent stars. Like you have your transcendent stars in your, you know, Naito's obviously approaching that level. Okada is at that level. Tanahashi was at that level, sort of, you know, falling back a little bit. Kenny Omega rising that level. That's important to do that too. And they've done that. They've done that with Naito and Omega and, and, and those guys. But building those one-off guys to be respectable people that even though evil, even though you know evil's not going to win, that people are still going to buy a ticket to go see him in the main event and they don't immediately scoff at it or, or roll their eyes or whatever. That's a tremendous accomplishment. I mean, they can do that with a bunch of guys now. And Sonata's sitting there waiting in the wings too. And at any moment, Sonata can be turned on and ready to go. So that's a tremendous accomplishment. And this is yet another really good example of, of what they were able to do with a guy, one of their homegrown guys as well. And I think that's important as well. It's a guy who, you know, six years ago made his debut uh, against Hiromu Takahashi. Actually, it was pretty funny. Uh, uh, in, uh, it was May 2011. And now, you know, some six years later, a little over six years later, he, he's main eventing um, uh, in Sumo Hall. That's that's a big accomplishment, considering his excursion was as shitty as it was, which we talked about last week. Yeah. I mean, that, that just shows you the power that they're, you know, you can criticize them for a lot of things, but yeah, I mean, the main can... event scene is, is and, and the upper mid card, like the, the, the hierarchy, I'd call, I'd call Evil an upper, upper mid card. I wouldn't call him a main event. At this event. point, he is. At this yes. point, he is. Right. And it's like, look. You you can knock the book. Look, we've been killing the booking for three weeks on this show. You know what I mean? That's why I think it's funny when people still bring up the bullshit. Well, I mean, well, they don't listen because yeah, we they buried don't this company. For, they don't listen or read any of the previews. They just yeah. think it. And yeah, it's just yeah. It, it, you know, but but the thing is, it, it's it's when it comes to the main event scene, really nobody argues against the fact they do a very good job with that. But the other thing they do well, and Rich. We have said it here for years, even when everyone in the world was saying the opposite, like you mentioned before, when they were questioning, oh, they're not building any stars. We were the only outlet in the world that was saying, now, hold on now. That's not true. Okay? They are building stars. They do have the next set of guys ready. And we saw them fill those holes after, the after you know, like you mentioned, Naito's and Omega's were re- ready to go. And they popped them right in those spots. And they not only held up, they grew. The company grew. And what we said at the time was what they had to do was replenish the bench. The right. bench was the problem. It wasn't the top line. The top line was fine. We we're fully confident the top line would be fine. It was the bench. And and we mentioned all of these guys that needed to be built up on that bench. 
And these are, you know, your evils, your Mike Elgins, your people like that. And that's what they've done. They've replenished the bench now. I feel like they could survive losing a couple more stars again because now you have your evils and your Mike Elgins and your Juice Robinsons, people like that, who you can pop into those spots and are credible now. They, 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 it, it took a year, it took a year and a half, two years or whatever it was to do so, but they have rebuilt that bench. And, you know, and, and that's, that's a present. Listen, this company does two things very well, the main event scene and building stars. And it's funny because it was the complete opposite narrative that a lot of people had. They, oh, this company can't build it. But no, they were doing it all along. And they've proven that they continue to do it. And they're continuing to replenish that bench. And they're in a real good position right now in terms of uh, what they've got on top and uh, what they've got on the bench. And they still have some main event. And listen, and that's with losing Shibata. Right, that's who was one of those upper mid guys, or, or could have actually been one of those main main guys too. Oh, he, not even yeah. an upper mid card. Yeah, he was going to be a main guy. Yeah, that match, that match with Okada was that was his final elevation into the big time. I mean, that that was it. Um, he was on. He was a top line guy. If what happened hadn't happened, and 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 we should mention before we move on, there's a lot of people who think that he might be coming out after that power struggle match to challenge Tanahashi. Look, I don't know. Would it shock me? It wouldn't shock me because he did take that bump when he, what was that? G1 show where he came out? Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Took his own. He took that back bump. And I think that was very symbolic. Now it could have just been him saying, look, I want to take one last bump, right? I'm healthy enough to do this. It just means a lot to me, but it could have been something, you know, and, and, and look, it, it's not us saying it. It, it. I've seen this. I've seen people speculating, for a while now that, you know, he can come out after, I guess we can talk about that more when we get around the power struggle, but that would obviously be, be the match for Tanahashi. Um, uh, that his match, that, that would be the best fit for Shibata. If he, if this in fact has been, if this whole injury thing has been sort of an elaborate work where, okay, he's got this injury. It's a real injury, but if we overemphasize it, and we work it like it's something more serious, like the old days. You know, the old work is the new work. If, In other words, if they knew he was going to be out a number of months, and they said, you know what, if he's going to be out for six months and miss the G1 and all this, why don't we just milk this thing? Right, play it up a little bit. Play it up a little bit. Um, because it's pro wrestling, by the way, people. By the way, Behave as if his career is over, and then shock the shit out of everybody and have him come out and challenge Tanahashi because we think he'll be ready by January, right? Yeah, right. Or, or if, okay, they're telling us he'll be ready by November or whatever the case. We know he can wrestle by January. I'm coming out of challenge. I mean, that's a really strong match for Wrestle Kingdom that would sell a lot of fucking tickets, right? So, I mean, that's what people are thinking. Some of that, I think, is some wishful thinking because people want him to, they want to watch the guy wrestle again. You know, he's a very popular wrestler. Right. There's a lack of closure to with him. So there's like yes. a period like, I want him, I want one more. I want, you know, just one, something else. Yeah, and they just and it would also show that the guy's healthy, right? Like, and see, there's a lot of people who would be very angry if they got worked. You know, I think it it would be a very interesting thing because I think a lot it'd of people ballsy. Yeah, it'd be ballsy. <laughs> I think they 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 soften it a little bit by having him come out there and and, and do and a take speech. the ball. Yeah, if he if he is like if, if that didn't happen, he just comes out and challenges and like I'm ready to go. I think a lot more people would be upset. But he kind of came out and and. And that was maybe the softening of it a little bit, where it's like, all right, look, you know, I'm, I'm getting better, I'm getting healthy. Like, I'm not saying I'm wrestling, but I'm, I'm getting better. Whereas then he can come out and go, okay, I, I am better, I'm ready to go again. 
And there's a lot of people who have flat out said that if this is all a work, they're going to be very angry with the company, very angry with Shibata because they fucked with, the, with your emotions, you know? But guys, that's what pro wrestling is. <laughs> like, pro wrestling. So this, this, this wrestler faked an injury uh, only to you know, toy with my emotions. God damn that pro wrestler. Like, that's the, what... es- the essence of pro wrestling I is, can't believe we're having this conversation. is, it's is fucking with your emotions. That's the point. <laughs> The and using simulated progress. violence and simulated yes, to do injuries so. to yeah. Correct. Right. You know, which by the way, Dusty Rhodes created. So they better call Cody if they're going to do that because you know, remember, that's a good point. You know, Dusty, yeah. Dusty's had his arm broken. Dusty's, I mean, Dusty has had some really terrible things happen to him, and then was able to that's right uh, to push through all of them. So yeah, I, I really hope that New Japan. But I mean, he gets on the phone with Cody and makes sure that that's all right. And this could all, look. I mean, you know, this could all be nonsense. And but but this is it, 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 it's fair speculation. And if they have worked everyone. They have officially fooled everyone. Mm-hmm. And it would be one of the greatest storylines and the greatest works in modern wrestling in an era where you can't fool anyone anymore. Well, and that's, where, I, I it, guess, what the, the one thing that I, yeah, no, go ahead. But, but yeah, where the work is always exposed these days and someone always, re- if they manage to pull this off and if this is what they're really doing and they manage to pull this off and they fool people into thinking that this guy has almost died. And then they bring him back, and, and they knew all along he was coming back, and they were just setting up a money match. Rich, I'm sorry, but that's fucking brilliant. If if that is the case, and they pull that off, that is fucking brilliant. Well, and, and that's what I was going to bring up is that, you know, again, again, we're speculating. So before people say, like, oh, they think it's a work or whatever, we, we don't. But it's always felt a little weird to us. We mentioned it even the the you know day after and, and you know, the, the show we did after Invasion or, or Sakura Genesis or whatever. We talked about it, but... The thing though that they've they've been guarded about ever saying they've because people assume that it's like oh his career's over he's ne- he's done he's never coming back have they ever explicitly said has Shibata ever said well I'm done this is it I retired he just said know, like I, I was near that. death like you know <laughs> near death or you know I had a lot of issues or all this sort of thing is is different than necessarily saying well I'm never going to work again or whatever and and I guess because they got the doctor involved or whatever but people sort of added to the story on their own if you think about it all the story has really been is is Shibata saying I'm very hurt doctors say you know I'm 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 hurt. Right. And I'm on the road to recovery. I got double vision. I'm depressed. Right. And Um, that's all it's been is through his little blog or whatever he said, uh, you know, my life, my life, my life sucks. I'm depressed. I, I, you know, I, but New Japan has never said, well, Shabbat is done. That's it. That's over. Like they promoted the headbutt. Hey, here's this headbutt that from Square Genesis. That was cool, right? Like that's, they promoted it. People people were angry they promoted that. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, Um, and I agree. If if it's not a work, yeah. Right. Yes. If, If the man did nearly die, Right, There's then I wouldn't, yeah, about I wouldn't be, you know, you running a Facebook ad that says, hey, go watch this guy nearly die. <laughs> like, but if the idea was it's part of a larger story and a, and a, and a work, but you know there's going to be people angry mm-hmm. that New Japan fucked with their emotions and, and worked them into thinking that this guy was on death's door. And I do think it's an interesting debate. I'm not even necessarily saying that those people are wrong. Um, I, I mean, I, 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 I will, look, I'll be thrilled from two perspectives. From one perspective, they got me. I want these companies to get me, Rich. I want companies to fool me. I want I want to be worked. Work me. I want to be worked. I want you to fuck with my emotions. I want to be emotionally involved in pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is at its best when I'm emotionally involved. And man, this would be the best work in, in years. You know? And from the other perspective of it, it means he's okay. Right, it means he was fine yeah, all along. <laughs> And he's and he's healthy enough to get back in the ring and 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 and, and from that perspective it would be great. I, I you know, so I'm not telling people how they should feel if that's the case. I just think that people need to understand and remember what pro wrestling is. 
pro wrestling at its core, the essence of pro wrestling is fucking with your emotions. That's what they're trying to do. And it's our fault now that we're too smart that they're never able to do that. And maybe these are the lengths that companies have to go to to do it. And maybe companies just haven't had the balls to do something like this, you know? And maybe it would take a Japanese company where it's still a little different to attempt to do something like this. So right now it's just fun speculation. Who no, knows? I, and I agree. And, and that's why I think they're, they're backing though. And for people that get upset, it could be New Japan being like, well, we, you know, and they're not going to have to justify it or whatever, but it could just simply be like, well, I mean, we didn't tell you he was you know, never coming back or die. Like it's an angle. And that's the thing. I think you know what? They're not even going to explain themselves. You know what they're going to do? They don't have to because it was bad. Here's what they're going to do. Yeah. They're going to sell 15,000 more tickets to that dome is what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Right. That's because people can buy into tickets. the story. The story could be he got hurt. He had double vision. The doctor said he couldn't wrestle again. The doctor said, you know, he's lucky that he could live. Then he got on recovery and then he came back. Like, oh, that's yeah, not a me? wild story. Like, you know what I mean? Like, at its core. That's the thing. That's right. the thing. They're going to double down and play it up. Yeah. They're going to play up the fact that he almost died. They will absolutely do that. And that's just going to annoy the people who are annoyed by it even more. But they're absolutely going to play that up. They're going to double down. They have to wrestling like i don't it's really yeah i I mean i don't know but yeah like you're saying i'll be jumping for joy because a the guy will be healthy and he can wrestle again i mean are you kidding me if he if he walks out at the end of power struggle you know we we talk about twitter breaking facetiously so i mean could you you know how you know what a moment that'll be on on social media all people have to uh delete their think pieces off the internet because there was And then dehydration and all that, you know, it's going to be, we yeah. just see how that goes. <laughs> that does happen, but uh, yeah. A little, little bit of backpedaling. Going. Well, that, it, would, it would change to, well, it was a classless angle. Exactly, right. Which, I mean, people have set themselves up. Those people that are going to be upset have set themselves up because they got worked. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. And then, like, that's not New Japan's fault that their story of a guy got hurt and then came back. Because that's all the story is. It's a classic processing story. Can we okay? Let's work through this logically now. Okay. If not Shibata, then who faces Tanahashi? Hmm. Okay, so yeah, go over the roster here real quick. Jeez, we got obviously doing the Abushi match. Okay, can Abushi win at Power Struggle and then do a rematch? Yeah, possibly. But wouldn't you want to do that, that Omega, match? That Omega thing is happening. I mean, they keep hinting to add it. There's no way that's not happening at Wrestle Kingdom, right? Because, well, that was my next thing. Then what do you do with Omega? Exactly. Then Omega's spinning his wheels and faces Beretta for the, you know, the, 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 the U.S. title. Like, that's, that's you know, and that's not going to happen. Like, Omega's there to be in a big spot. So, yeah, no, I, I, it's got to be the, the, the Coda thing. It's got it. So, you got those two guys out. Um, so you obviously have Okada out. If you're going to do Tanahashi Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom, I don't think you do the rematch there. I think you do the first match there. Mm-hmm. As opposed yeah, nobody, to... Yeah, nobody cares about that. It, it loses a little bit of luster when you do the the, the rematch or, you know, um, technically the third match if you count the G1 match. So Naito's accounted for, Okada's accounted for. We assume, you know, Omega Bushi would be um, accounted for. Um, you know, you, this is the Intercontinental title, so you need a, a big-time opponent. I, and this is what I'm saying. Who's left? I mean, are. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, yeah. it's an option. Believe it yeah, or not, I no, mean, no, I know. Yeah, it's not crazy. What do you do with evil? Do you do you just did evil in Tanahashi? Which I was, yeah, that's that was gonna be my next one. It's just evil in Tanahashi, but that's not. I mean, Ishii's not really a fit, and he is uh, is not a guy that they give that kind of match to. Uh, no, on a show like that, uh, you seem to think Minoru Suzuki is gonna get paired off with Yano. 
um, which should you know carry you through at least. Well, power I mean, Tanahashi's not going to be with Suzuki because I think Suzuki's going to keep that title throughout. Right. So if they're so. if they're both champions, right, uh, he's not going to face him. You're not going to do that unless you're going to merge the titles or something. You have Goto, who's kind of doing nothing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's not really juicing anybody up at a show like Wrestle Kingdom. So, you know, I- I'm kind of just adding fuel to the fire. I'm dousing kerosene on the fire. We're having fun with this. But where the fuck do you go with Tanahashi if not Shibata? Where do, we, where do you go with him? Who do you pair him off with? What do you do? And if you have... Okada Naito, Omega Ibushi, and Tanahashi Shibata, and you toss in, you know, Hiromu versus Will Ospreay, and whatever it is you're doing with Suzuki. Hey, Rich, that's a great fucking show. I mean, that's an incredible show. You know, that's, you know, they they always deliver a great on paper show at Wrestle Kingdom, and it always delivers in the, I mean, that'll be the best on paper Wrestle Kingdom yet. In my oh, opinion, God. yeah. Oh, I mean, dude, that, three, I mean, those three matches on the top are, are alone going to be, and the junior but, match. I mean, right? Oh, which would, yeah, right, right, exactly. Those guys are just going to fucking, you know, in a spot like that, you don't think Will Ospreay is going to pull out some new shit, and Hiromu's out of his mind. Um, you know, so I don't know. Maybe we're missing something obvious. That's entirely possible, but I don't see where else you go with Tanahashi. So. Let the speculation begin. I yeah, mean, and, and the thing too, people are going to say, "Well, whatever, it's just Tanahashi." But it's still Wrestle Kingdom; it's still Tanahashi. Like, yeah, oh, he come can on, be, give me a break. That's yeah, a guy be, that deserves a top match. No, I mean, and, and he can be a bit player all year. He can be a guy that's sort of in the background all year. But come Wrestle Kingdom, I mean, that, that dude alone, he's not going to sit down and say, "Yeah, oh, you're going to face Beretta or whatever." He's going to say, "No, I'm not doing that." Are you fucking kidding? No, Tanahashi's <laughs> going to have a big time match. Come exactly. On. Yeah. So that 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 you can, it's going to be something big. So you can't just say, "Oh, well, who cares against Yano?" No, he's not going to be there i mean that's it's still a guy that that's an important part of that company so yeah so you know i you know i let people chew on that yeah that'll be uh interesting to see so uh yeah um i want to bounce uh no i shouldn't say bounce hint i was gonna say bounce over to wwe land but i don't want people to get that i know i'm sorry i apologize but i know everybody's heart was racing but no 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 Uh, i'm gonna bounce to wwe land for uh hell in the cell coming up this sunday uh, this is a show, Joe. Um, I think we're a little less excited about this than King of for Wrestling, but uh, there's some good stuff in the show, I think. But uh, let, let's break it down here. I'm going to start at the uh, the pre-show. I'm excited for this. Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin versus the Hype Bros, Mojo Rowley and Zack Ryder. And no, I will not be watching it. You're not going to watch the pre-show. Mm-hmm. You're not interested in uh, Shelton X Benjamin. No. No? No. In this newer incarnation of uh, the <laughs> modern-day uh, world's greatest tag team. Not yeah. interested. Nah. I don't think so. Well, I will. I will enjoy this pre-match, and uh, I will enjoy Shelton X Benjamin. And I'll tell you all about it next week. How about Please that? Do. Okay, sounds good. All right, uh, we'll move on to the rest of the card now. I know this one you're excited for: Randy Orton versus Rusev. Yeah, I mean, you know, after that thriller at SummerSlam, um, <laughs> I'm all jacked up for this. Um, you know, look, I think these guys could have a. a let's just move on. I don't they know could. <laughs> I don't know if you saw my tweet right. from earlier in the day too. Uh, at Voices Wrestling is our Twitter account, of course. If you don't follow that, but. Uh, Poor Rusev, man. That dude is the biggest babyface in this entire company, and everybody just comes out and fucks with him. Like he just wants to get married, and Roman Reigns calls, like, says he has a small dick, and then throws him in a cake or whatever. Like he just wants to celebrate his homeland, and everybody boos him, and then Randy Orton tells him he's an asshole or whatever. It's just like this guy's the—he just loves his his woman. 
and loves his country, and everybody just tells well, him he's a shitbag for it. <laughs> he's got the wrong wife, right? <laughs> it's just like he's got that old heat by association. Well, well, and too, it's like, but I mean, it, it's just a Vince McMahon idea of like, oh, he's a foreigner who likes his wife, and like, it, right. and that's like that's a bad trait to not be yes. like. Like this man has one woman and loves his country, and it's not America. <laughs> that guy's an asshole. Like, get him out there. Like, all Rusev does is go out and like celebrates the things in his life that make him happy, and everybody just shits on him. It's that weird Vince psychology. It's the whole. It's the whole Mike and Maria thing, where being a loving couple. Yeah, how dare he love his wife? Ah, he doesn't want to go out and travel the world and, and see well, all that, the yeah, see all the women. He just wants one woman. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, be, being a loving couple makes you a heel. <laughs> Now, look, yes, they were exaggerating over the top. They were basically, their gimmick was that annoying couple that no one wants to be around with public displays of affection over the top and all that. But the idea here at its core is Vince McMahon sees that as a heel trait, Mm -hmm. which is bizarre. And it it, it bleeds into Rusev, too. And, um, you know, it's, 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 he turns these couples into heel. It's just amazing. But yeah, he's, he's married to the wrong person. He's got the heat by association. And, um, you know, it's just a shame because I really think the guy is super talented. He's, uh, he's quick witted. He's talented. He's, uh, he's got a great look. He's got it all. You know, I was on the Rusev bandwagon very early on and, um, you know, it's a shame, you know, he's a. I don't you know can, if they're the he's kind of one of their biggest misses ever. I mean, when, when you look at guys, because there are people that you know obviously would say, like, oh, like a Dolph Ziggler or whatever, and you and you see that, like, really at its core, Dolph Ziggler. Rusev's got it all, man. That dude can 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 work with any style, yeah. work well, talk, any stupid story they give him, every stupid character they give him, they, they, he makes it work. Like that dude makes everything he does work and is convincing and 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 there's there's just something there. And he's gonna be one of their biggest misses when it's all said and done. He, and, and he, he should have been one of the top heels in the company for the last three, four years. I mean, he should be right there in the mix. Yeah, with Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe and and and, Bru- and Braun and mixing it up with these guys and I mean, it's a guy who get an equally good match with Biggie Langston and then John Cena. You know what I mean? Like, can have great matches with both those guys, right? Yeah, can have a great match with with big men. Can have a great match with little men. Can work a, a Russian sympathizer gimmick. Can work a you know guy obsessed with his wife gimmick. Like he can do it all, and he has done it all. He's done stupid, beyond stupid stuff, and made it work. Like the Summer Rae thing was dumb as fuck, and he made it work. Yeah, he's made everything he does work, and it, it's it's incredible. Uh, yep. What they've wasted there, but um, here you go. This this one, wow. Whew. Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler. You, I, I, Joe, I don't think you can pay me to watch this match. I'm gonna find something to do during this match. Yeah, I mean, you, know. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to sit and watch Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler have a pro wrestling match. In I know how you feel about Bobby Roode, so I I hear you, man. And Dolph's Dolph just the fucking worst. God, I hate Dolph. Ziggler. He's bottoming out these days. I'm not gonna. <laughs> God, this gimmick is pretend so that he's bad. not. You know, it's he's kind of become the guy that you come into the brand and beat, right? Like, yeah, right, right. He's he's like a modern day Brad Armstrong, right? You like you come into the territory and you beat this guy, um, you know, whether it's Nakamura or Bobby Roode or whoever else. Um, so you know, that's they're kind of down cycle and Dolph. Um, Which, by the way, the, the remember the gatekeeper match for uh, for Nakamura was that Dolph Ziggler one at Backlash. Remember, remember yeah, how so that you, was? Mm-hmm. But now he's against Bobby Roode. I mean. Can right. you, like I, 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 hot take here, but I don't think it's gonna be nearly as dynamic as the Nakamura match, and that match fucking sucked. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know, I thought that was an average match, I, but yeah, I get your point. Uh, you know, it's Bobby Roode, and uh, it's Bobby Roode. So yeah, mm-hmm. glorious. Uh, Everybody will be singing glorious. And so, all right, moving on to uh, this is now this is a hot one. WWE United States Championship match: AJ Styles versus Baron Corbin. 
I can't get into anything with Baron Corbin. You know how I feel about him. And yeah. I'm not going to keep repeating the same rants when it comes to Baron Corbin, but I just I think the guy's a non-entity. Um, and, and I don't care about anything he does. But I'm, I'm curious to see if uh, AJ Styles can get a great match out of this guy. I, I think that AJ Styles can get a great match out of anybody. Um, you know, so I think the potential is there to have a great match. I think AJ can is smart enough uh, in that ring to work some of his big spots around Corbin's big spots and do some creative things. And, um, you know, um, you know, I, I just, I just hope it's a really, it, it, it's a great match. And I, any AJ Styles match has a chance to be a great match. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, Corbin could, I mean, I don't think he, he, actively is going to detract from this being a decent match. I think AJ Styles can do enough on his own or or, or, or work with enough, you know, regardless of what, our, what we think about Baron Corbin, whether they think he's good or bad or whatever, we think he's bad. But uh, that Styles is, is so good that I think he could overcome that and probably will overcome it. But it'll be interesting to see. It, it all depends on on what the finish is going to be and, and, and what type of stuff they're going to do throughout the match. Because they've gotten a little cute with, you know, AJ Styles finishes in the last, you know, year. And, and they've really detracted from pretty good matches too. So it, it'll be uh, fascinating to see. Um, I see. Look, I'm on the I'm on the side of they've pulled the plug on Corbin. I know that Dave Meltzer doesn't believe that. He thinks. That yeah, I kind of think they have to. I mean, this, it, this could just be a temporary punishment kind of thing, or a temporary we've tried too soon with him kind of thing. But I'm sorry. To me, this reeks of Damian Sandow. You know what I mean? Where they kind of remember when Sandow won the Money in the Bank. Yeah, and then like a minute later, they're like, "What are we doing? This is so stupid. <laughs> why do we? Yeah. Why do we have that idiot win our Money in the Bank?" You know, and it, it's like, and and we've talked about it a million times. This guy's older than you think he is, and um, you know, he obviously rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And um, I do respect him a little bit more for calling out that uh, Dr. Maroon on, on his bullshit. So that that is pretty cool, though. But sorry, he call yeah. You know what? He'll call out. He calls out a lot of people, and that's yeah. why he rubs. <laughs> that's why he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. I mean, you know, they don't call him big banter for nothing, but yeah, but um, yeah, calling out the WWE house doctor that uh, tries to cover up <laughs> your a lot of your injuries is probably not the greatest move. But uh, yeah, yeah, politically, it's probably a terrible move, and right. um, you know, in the midst of a, a gigantic CT lawsuit, and you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that they haven't pulled the plug on him for good. Um, now. With that said, he'll go out there and beat AJ Styles for the U.S. title in three days. Right? Yeah, but it, I mean, it, 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 the thing with those, and you got to remember too that, that that a lot of times when they're doing these money in the banks now, and a lot of times when they're booking pay per views, it has been a Vince trait as of you know in, in the past few years to just kind of go with the person that nobody thinks. Like the illogical choice sometimes to Vince McMahon is the most logical choice because it's like, oh, well, we got him. We and a lot of times then when that's over, he kind of looks at it and goes, oh, geez, like I don't really want this guy. And like you know, and then a week or two later will come by, and then because we've seen this with Damian Sandow, like you're saying, there is a template here of a guy who, who everybody was sort of into Damian Sandow. Oh, this could be a pretty fun thing. He wins the money in the bank. And then weeks later, it's just like, Oh, this is, what are we doing? Like, what, why did we do that? It was dumb. Right. And, and, you know, he realizes it quickly and then it moves off course. And that's, you know, not entirely unrealistic that that's what's going on with Baron Corbin. You know, Vince McMahon's a guy who he will, he, you know, he'll admit when he made a mistake on something and, and reel back on it. We've seen that. Um, you know, he's not a guy who's, who's going to be committed to his mistakes. And if he feels that he made one, so mm-hmm. I don't know, I need proof that they haven't pulled the plug on this guy for good. I need to see it. So, right. Would a U.S. title win help you see? Will, will that be? Well, yeah, because if he's going to do a long-term program with AJ Styles, I mean, that would indicate that they still have a, 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 you know, something cooking for the guy longer term. But, I mean, you know, it's like he could be the next Rusev, where it's just mm-hmm. he's just fucking buried. I mean, people throw the word buried around. Rusev is buried. Mm-hmm. Oh no, for sure. And 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 this could be the start of a burial for this guy, allowing John Cena to go in there and eat him up and embarrass him, right? And then, which is exactly what that match was. It was John Cena eating him up and embarrassing him. 
And then uh, if he goes out here and loses the styles and kind of just meanders around the, the lower mid card from here, I mean, you know, so I, 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 I don't know. It did just, just, I, I've been around a while, watched, watched this company since, you know, the early 80s or whatever, and I, I kind of have a good feel for when they've given up on someone, and I just feel like they've given up on them. Uh, Natalia versus Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Joe, I know you're a big Natalia fan. What's up? The Tyson kid, please don't sue us, push continues for <laughs> Natalia. Um, they've had good chemistry before, right? They've had they've had some decent matches together like five um, years ago, but yeah, that's true. You know, it wasn't exactly last week, but um, <laughs> you know, it's it, look, it's Natalia, someone who they've never really pushed. You know, I think it was shocking to me, but she only had one title run ever before yeah, this. One. That's nuts. Yeah. I still and, can't believe that fact. When I looked it up, I was like, really? Cause she's, cause she's been around so long and it's, and everybody has time. I mean, Shasta makes it a four time champion. Yes. <laughs> especially, and especially the era Natalia came from where they would pass around the women's title, like, cause it meant nothing. You know, so, you know, they would just do title changes on whims and it's crazy that she only had one run. It just shows you where they felt she stood. Um, you know, we all know why she's getting pushed. We all know why Tyson kids being given a job. We all, come on. We're not stupid. Um, so, you know, we get Natalia versus Charlotte Flair. So, you know, um, you got Charlotte winter wins the title back. I, I mean, yeah, she could. I mean, or not back. You, I don't know if she's actually ever had, has she ever had the SmackDown? I don't think she's had she's the SmackDown. Had the yeah, I don't think she's had the SmackDown. Yeah, that's right. I don't think so either. I, I mean, I could be wrong, but um, you know, like you said, look, look at the raw side, and it's like they're not afraid that you know they haven't made these women's titles special at all. So who knows? She could win it. Why not? All right, uh, move on. Here we got the New Day versus the Usos, a continuation of their tag feud in a Hell in a Cell, though. Yeah, I mean this has a chance a real good I, i've i they've had the two pay-per-view matches which i thought were great they had the uh no dq match on smackdown which i thought was great so there's no reason that putting these guys in the hell in a cell it won't be great you know and i'm sure they've got some wacky shit planned um you don't know which i do we know which combination of new day it's going to be or is, i don't know if they've yeah i don't think they've exactly said quite yet um Xavier woods is still hurt though i mean i it wasn't he injured so i don't know if he's back yet um so it might be biggie and kofi um but it doesn't matter because I, I, it doesn't matter what combination it is really. I Look, I, I fully expect this to be great. Uh, this might be the best tag team feud of the year in all of wrestling, you know, um, in ring. And out of ring too. I mean, it's a good feud all around, you know. Um, so I expect this to be the best match of the show. So I'm um, really looking forward to it because I've really loved all their other matches. It's really been if, – if look, we've got a lot of listeners who blow this company off. You know what I mean? Um, and they're very vocal wanting us to skip even talking about this company, which we can't ever do. I mean, that, that's not going to happen, but, um, it, it's like, if you're not, if you don't watch this company, if you don't, you know, pay attention, go get a free network sub. They're easy to get. Okay. Trust me. You know, you don't oh, have to yeah. pay for you, WWE. You probably have eight emails right now in your spam folder from them giving you free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh. <laughs> go get your free month and just, you know, put new day Usos into your little search box there and watch these matches because you will not be let down. They've had tremendous matches, different and styles I, too. They've kind of had different looks and feels to them. Each one's yeah, they had that wild brawl on SmackDown, you know, and, and, um, just a lot of action. And these guys, these two teams have really had awesome closing sequences to their matches too, which, you know, they always do something creative and play off of the previous match. They just, they've just been great matches. So there's no reason to think that you put them in a hell in a cell for the big blow off here. I mean, you know, this this should be great. I'm really looking forward to it. It's my most anticipated match. In fact, Rich, we haven't played one to ten for these shows in a long time. I'd give that match a ten. And I don't give out many tens in the one to ten game. 
that match I give a 10 in terms of my anticipation level. Yeah, I think the only reservation I have is just the Hell in a Cell gimmick. Like, I don't know exactly know how it's going to work, but I'm confident that if if there are any combination of people that are going to find something fun to do with that and make it cool and make it interesting, it's these guys. And it's, it's particularly the New Day. I mean, those guys are just – I can give credit to the Usos too. Like, those guys are innovative. And, and we've seen – remember when they had that elimination tag title match? That was one too where we came in going, oh, geez, what are they going to do? And that match was fucking awesome. Like, they you know did insane stuff in that match. So, yeah, I have no doubt. And they've had ladder matches that have been insane, both these combos of teams or whatever. So, yeah, I, it, it seems weird. Like, I don't necessarily – in my head, I can't visualize what they do in the Hell the cell but i know that these guys are thinking about it right now and are going to do something and it's going to be awesome so yeah, i'm at a 10 as well it's it you know re- reserved because i'm still a little curious how it's gonna work in the hell and cell but i have 100 confidence that they're gonna find something to do and they're gonna make it work and it's gonna not just gonna be a tag match that happens to have a, round, a cage around it like they're not those type of guys they're innovative uh they're they're fresh like they always go out there and try to top what they've done before and make it different than what they've done before and that's that's gonna be super fun to see yeah Speaking of who don't do anything different in any of their matches, Jinder Mahal versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said everything I need to say about Jinder. I don't care about Jinder Mahal. Um, you know, uh, I predominantly watch wrestling because I want to see great matches. He will never deliver a great match. He stinks. Um, we've been over it a million times. He's just not good. He's not a good pro wrestler. He's not a good athlete. Um, it, 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 this whole thing is based on character work, which he's okay at, I suppose. Uh, the last match that these two guys had was horrendous. I thought it was the worst WWE world title match, really, of any kind. Non-gimmick variety, like non-90-second match variety, non-money-in-the-bank cash-in. You know what I mean. A legitimate WWE world title match for either of their world titles. I believe it was the worst world title match this company's had since the Attitude Era, um, the last time they faced each other. Um, you know, I, I don't even think it was a two-star special. You know, it, you, you know quarter and a... Star and three quarters, two no, stars. It was fucking, it was fucking yeah. garbage. Yeah, it's not even like, and, and and even when we come here and say like, oh, that main event was just there or whatever, even that's even like still pretty. This was like a legit <laughs> bad match, like bad a really, match, boring, really bad match. Yeah, non compelling, predictable. Um, it, you know, you you saw the finish coming, like like the the finishing sequence coming a mile away with the Singh brothers, and and then the finish was flat probably because everybody saw it coming a mile away or, or really maybe the opposite. They didn't expect it to end like that because it was a world title match and it was Nakamura. And it ended like any random title match on SmackDown would, you know what I mean? Just, it was flat. No one cared. Um, and I'm not convinced. Look, unless someone wants to show me some t-shirt sales numbers from India, I'm not convinced this gender thing is working. Um, you know, we'll see how this India tour goes, but you, you know, I, show me something Look, give me something tangible when it comes to this whole India thing and this whole gender push. Yeah, and tangible to me is not. And again, I work in this field, so I can tell you. But uh, YouTube views and social media followers, I'm I'm sorry, that's not going to do it for me. And look, that stuff's nice. Yeah, it's it's good to have, but I, I I but show me something tangible. Give me something to sink my teeth into to show me that there that this approach to capturing India with Jinder Mahal as a heel mm-hmm. is working. Show me. Okay, listen, I'm open-minded here. You know, I'm not saying definitively, I'm not coming on this show and declaring that this is a massive failure. I can tell you that Brandon Howard just put some numbers out. And as soon as John Cena left this brand, the television attendance for the SmackDowns dropped, what, like 30%? Yeah, it it fell off a cliff. 
these people were coming to see John Cena. They're not coming to Jinder Mahal. No one's coming to see Jinder Mahal lose. No one's coming to boo Jinder Mahal. Okay, we see the pictures every week of these SmackDown tapings where they look like the old Impact tapings. Where And look, I went to a lot of those TNA shows. The pay-per-views, the Impact tapings, I've been to them all. You know, before they really down, you know, when they were going to arenas. Corpus Christi was a television taping. I went to lockdown in in, uh, in, uh, in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome. Um, I've been to TNA house shows. And whenever, tele- you know, I was at TNA television where they herded us all on one side of the arena, completely empty. And that's what these SmackDown tapings look like now. So show me something tangible that Jinder Mahal is making any sort of difference to any sort of business. People aren't buying tickets to see him. It was very clear that John Cena was the draw for the SmackDown tapings. SmackDown house show. We all know house show business isn't isn't doing anything. No. These days, um, SmackDown ratings. We looked at that, didn't we? Look at that last week. Uh, we looked at the total viewers a little bit last week. We I don't know if we had talked about it on the show, but you and I off air kind of talked. Well, about we didn't it because it wasn't. It had nothing to do with the show. I was just curious about SmackDown viewers, and I, I don't even remember why. It had nothing to do with gender. I can't even remember why I wanted the numbers, but someone dug them up. You did. You dug them up from uh, what spring until now, and they're flat. They're the same as they were. Down a lot of weeks, right? But not a ton, just No, just it's kind flat. of there. Yeah, just kind of there. Yeah. Just, you know, 2.4 million viewers, 2.2, 2.8, 2.4, 2.2. It's just in that same neighborhood. So it's not like people are tuning in because of this dastardly Jinder Mahal. They're, not, they're definitely not buying tickets to the tapings to see Jinder Mahal. They're not buying tickets to the house shows. Um, can somebody show me that this guy's pushing – millions of dollars of merchandise to Indian fans. Can someone show me that, um, you know, uh, that Indians are rallying behind. And when I say Indians, people from India are rallying behind this guy and generating income in some matter. Just show me. Otherwise I'm not convinced that this is working where I know for a fact it's not working is between the bells. As a viewer, he is not entertaining in any form or fashion. The guy just isn't entertaining, at least not at the top. If you want to put this goofy, uh, you know, uh, guy who's this racist character who thinks everybody else is racist, which is what he is. He's he's a guy who complains that everybody else is racist, but in reality, he's the racist. That's his character, right? I'm not wrong on that. Right. Well, it, which it didn't start off that way. When it started off, like his first big program was like, "You don't give me respect, or you boo me because I'm Indian," and that's you know, you should the same do that. shit they've done with every Middle Eastern character they've ever had. Right. Which initially wasn't. The word, and then I, I could have almost initially seen it as Indians being like, "Oh, cool, yeah, like this guy represents us, and, and we're yeah. sick of you know people." And then little by little, he's become more of the dastardly evil heel, and right. then he became a racist, and then it was like, "Oh, well, now you're just a racist that calls now other people." Yeah, yeah, that he's a hypocrite heel is what he is. Exactly right. So at the end of the court, whatever it is, whatever race, whatever, whatever the he's a hypocrite heel. At the end of the day, and right? Which, there's thousands of those. Those are times a dozen. You know, yeah, which that. is fine. I mean, I have no problem with a hypocrite heel. That's again, that's pro wrestling. But what I have a problem with is I want to see proof that that is generating interest with the Indian fan base. And right, because he's thinking it up because his matches fucking blow and everybody knows right, they blow and they suck. Thing. Yeah, and and it's it they're predictable and they're, they're not doing anything new or fresh with this guy. It's almost like he'd be fine as a lower mid carder doing his hypocrite heel routine, but at the top of the card it just isn't working. It's flopping from an entertainment perspective. So show me that it's working from a business perspective. I, that's all I'm asking. And if anyone out there, I know Brandon Howard listens to this show. Mookie listens to it sometimes, but not every week. Um, you know, if, if there's people out there who are studying this stuff and can show me something, I would love to see it. 
I see no evidence that this is working. Okay. And I, you know, I could come out here and bash his matches all day long, but everyone knows he stinks. So that's gotten boring. We all know that the guy can't go, but now it's gotten to the point where he's had the title since May, since May. And we're into October. There's been plenty of time to build momentum and get hot and do all the sorts of things. And I just see business going backwards or staying flat. I don't see anything moving up. Now, if I'm wrong and this guy is pushing t-shirts like crazy and this guy's a fucking hero in India, then just show me and I'll come on the show and say, all right, I was wrong. Right, yeah. The, the pre-sale for those tickets are just insane and they're going yeah. nuts. and like. All right, they're selling out fucking cricket stadiums when they go with, with Jinder Mahal on top. Okay, then stay the fucking course. Okay, because then it might be worth it to bore the shit out of the rest of us. And but then then is then what's the trade off? Do you continue to chase off ticket buyers here for your one or two India tours a year? I, I don't know what the trade off is there. Is it better off just having him on the show? Is it does he need to be champion? Does he need to be at the top of your card? But here's the other thing, Rich. He's not at the top of your cards anymore. No, no, he's okay. He's so not main eventing this show. I mean, so, we, we know what the main event is. We're going to talk about it here in a yes. second. He is so not the main event. Yeah. So that tells you right there what they think internally, right? He's not at the top of the cards anymore. On these, when's the last time he made an event in the paper? You have to go back two or three shows, right? He made an event SummerSlam. No, yeah, it'd be, um, yeah, whatever. No, well, back, Backlash is April, I think. The whatever. Nakamura, was it the Nakamura match? When was the the last Nakamura match? That wasn't SummerSlam, was it? Or am I confused? What was that SummerSlam? No, I don't think it was. I think no. What was ever whatever was after that? Well, I mean, obviously he didn't main event SummerSlam. Um, yeah, what the fuck was the next show that they had? Well, No Mercy was well. Geez, yeah, we got to go. No Mercy was obviously the Raw show. Uh, shit, we got to go farther back than I thought. Okay, we got to go beyond. Uh, let's see. Let's let's fire it up. This will be fun. Uh, take over. Come on, come on. Take over. Fuck. Just do pay per view. Battleground. 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 Right. Okay, so the last, let's see. He was the battle? Was that Punjabi prison? Yeah, yeah. So the Nakamura match. In, yeah, yeah. Those battlegrounds. So he hasn't main evented a pay per view since this July, because yeah, Nakamura was. Summer, and what so. a main event that was! So he hasn't. Though, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, which again, horrendous match. Which, by the way, one of the participants went public and said that it was a horrendous match. So you know when you have Randy Orton Barry in the match, you know. And it's like, and, and, and look, that, that was the main event. Um, and did he main event, I guess, uh, Money in the Bank, would you consider that Orton match a main event? That was the month, that was the pay-per-view previous. Because wasn't the Money in the Bank match sort of the draw there? Or do you consider the Orton-Mahal match? It's, you know, that's one's a little cloudy. But well, it wasn't the main event. It was, it, was, it was third from the top. It I didn't mean, go on last. It no, it didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we said, that's not always the main event. We've, we've had uh, that argument. Not always the main event. But... And then... Backlash, and see, the thing with Backlash, the Orton match, if you remember at the time, Owens and Styles was pushed harder on TV. Right. At the beginning of the gender push. But it did go on last. If you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, regardless, his last pay-per-view main event was July, and we are now in October. Okay? So that should tell you internally, and they got the numbers, what they think of this push. I mean... And, and, and what it means for business is all I'm saying. So, and, and look, again, I'm not coming armed with facts. If someone can show me that this guy's moving a needle in any way whatsoever, I'm open-minded to it. I just don't see it. Not by anything that I can see. 
Then we have the main event. Uh, Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. Joe, I, I don't know if you saw the, the uh, I don't know if you watched SmackDown this week, but a new stipulation added to this Hell in a Cell match. Joe, falls count anywhere. You know, Rich. <laughs> I thought they always did, but I guess I, I guess not. Always... I, you know, we found something out new today. I didn't know that you had to pin him in the middle of the ring. A hell in a cell, and they're jumping off tables and diving off things. But man, you got to get that one, two, three in the middle of the ring, baby. All right. So was that they, always the case? I'm not even. I'm not sure, but now I don't know either. He can pin them on. They're in a cage, you know. Presumably, we know what's going to happen, but um, yeah, he can pin them uh, on the floor mats. Well, is this uh, sort of an out for Kevin Owens to get a cheap fall somehow? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we know Shane McMahon's just going to fall off something big, and that's going to be it. Like, I, you know, that's... Oh, yeah, well, it, this is Shane McMahon in a Hell in a Cell. This is this match is you wait around for Shane McMahon to fall off of something, which yeah, is every Shane have to wait. If, if, God willing, we do not have to wait as long as we had to wait for that Undertaker match. That thing was excruciating. That was a terrible long. match. It was a terrible <laughs> like match. 45 minutes in, it's like, all right, Shane, just jump off something tall. All yeah. right? Like, go stunt. home. Go yes. home. Get on top of the cage. Do an elbow drop, and let's go home, please. Please don't die. Do your <laughs> yeah. stunts, and let us move on with our lives, because the match was horrendous. You know, But you're not going to give Undertaker six minutes. So... Look, Kevin Owens is great in this kind of match, though. No, he's gonna make it work. Yeah, that that I, I I'm for, I'm 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 fully confident it's gonna be a good match when it's all set. Hey, look, Shane works hard. Mm-hmm. Shane always works hard. He tries his fucking hardest. There's never been any question about that. He will fall off of something. Kevin Owens may fall off of something. He is crazy, and he's great in these plunder situations as well. Uh, one of the best plunder workers of the last decade, right? I mean, realistically, um, he's he's excellent in this situation, in this scenario. So this could be really good. The problem is the problem I have with every Shane McMahon match. Even though, like, I know that it's probably going to be pretty good, I I can't get into Shane McMahon. I just, I don't care about Shane McMahon. I just don't, and I never did. I didn't care about Shane McMahon in the late 90s. I mean, and, and when, 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 you know, it's like, and when he came back, I, I, honest to God, was shocked at how popular he was among fans today and, and look, I'm not ripping people if you're into Shane McMahon. Yeah, it's great. I was just never into him. It's just he's not from my era of when I enjoyed this company, and I don't have any fond memories of him. And while you know, and again, I can see that he works hard and he's been involved in many memorable moments. The Kurt Angle match, of course, and you know, the Undertaker fucking elbow drop and all the other crazy shit that this guy. I've just never been invested in him. You know, I just it's it's you know me. I'm I'm not into. So I see wrestlers wrestle, man. You know, it's it's I, you know this will be fun eye candy, I suppose. But uh, I'm way more into New Day versus Usos, conceding that this will probably be pretty good. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And this this is one that again, like I, I shouldn't have as much of a hype level, but I'm I, I'm not at a ten like I am for the Usos New Day, but I'm in about a nine or so. It's Kevin Owens. Like I don't think Kevin Owens is going to go out there and have a sneaker, and I know McMahon's going to work hard. So that's always fun, and and you know that there's the added bonus of okay, well, how does Shane McMahon try to kill himself on this show? So there's always some interesting. And now they had a false count anywhere, so that adds a whole new dynamic. But no, joking aside, I think it's going to be solid. It's it's obviously the main event. It's been the most belt, uh, built of the entire um, show, and and yeah, overall the show's eh, I don't know, it's a mixed bag. This this show could be one of those ones where they surprise us and everything's really good, or it can be those ones where there's just like nothing else except for those two Hell in a Cell matches. And even those can, can have the possibility of... I, I, I know the New Day Nooses are going to deliver, but I think that Shane Owens has the chance to not deliver. You know what I mean? Like, it has it has that capability, given, you know, Shane's limitations to not be very good at all. But I, I don't think so. I think... You made a good up. point about New Day's and Uso. You made a good point about the New Day-Uso match that I hadn't thought of, and it's got me a little concerned, though. 
the stipulation could work against it. If they get too ambitious or if the things that they do just don't work out or maybe the stipulation does limit them instead of help them. That's a possibility in the tag in the tag match. Where with the Shane McMahon match, I think he needs these sort of gimmicks. And yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean, like Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens in a straight wrestling match. I don't want to yeah. see that. Nobody oh, wants to forget see that. It. But you had a sell on it. It's like, all right, cool. Well, Shane's going to jump off something and kill himself. So that'll be fun. So Right. Um, yeah. So that, that's that's where I'm at with those guys. But um, all right. So we got two more topics to get here. Uh, we, we do need time for Bouncing Around Japan because I know we're, uh, we're, we're kind of close up against it. But... Uh, I think we have time for for both of those. So we'll, I wish we'll, you had plenty of time. I think we got plenty. Yeah, of time. we'll be good. So let's do uh, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Yeah, be Hall of Fame music. <laughs> Please don't. Okay, so I think the best way to approach this is um, well, you can plug your appearance on the. Uh, uh, wrestling omakase uh, yes yeah, i mean john carroll yeah. talked to a hall of fame earlier on this so you can find another uh, voice wrestling podcast network of course uh, john carroll does good stuff also wrestle omakase on twitter you can uh, follow them as well to get uh, some background on that but yeah it was a really cool appearance me and john just kind of breaking it down a little bit uh, i am a voter he is not but i think it was a pretty fun discussion either way we uh, we just kind of went through the the ballot who's who's on the ballot who's new who's coming off who made it last year so some cool stuff like that uh, and a little bit of background too about it uh, as well because i don't know that we you and i necessarily need to do i think most of the people listening to this probably do know uh, if they don't i guess they can look it up but we'll, we'll try to clue you in a little bit um to it but we don't want to read like every single part of it because we do that every single year and at, at a point it's it takes up you know a half an hour to explain every little nuance of the, of the hall of fame i think that uh the best way to approach this we should go over a few of the candidates that are of, of interest to the listener um yeah. i'm not going to sit here and break down sputnik monroe Archie uh, Gold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's other places that can do that. Enrique Torres, Joe. But uh, we'll talk about some of the new additions. Um, I can tell you that Kurt Henning, Yuji Nagata, Don Owen, and Tim Woods are on the chopping block. If they don't get 50% of the vote, they're gone. Uh, right off the top, quickly, do you think any of those guys are getting 50% of the vote to remain on the ballot? And do you think any of them are getting in? I don't. Yeah, I mean, Henning, is, is, is his track doesn't look great. I mean, he's, you know... But past three years, 23% in 2014, uh, 30% in 2015, and 33 in 2016. I mean, it would be a monumental jump to get him up to 50%. I, I, I just don't think he's going to get there. Will you vote for any of these four men? Uh, I'm not going to, no. I will vote for Don Owen. I vote for Don Owen every year. He's going to fall off the ballot. He's not getting the 50%. He's yeah, Don Owen was, for, for, for purposes, he's, he's at 32% last year, 33% in 2015, 30% in 2014, 29% in 2013, 31% in 2012. I mean, it, it's he's, It's he's, the same people voting yeah, for him. Yeah, exactly. It's one or two people drop off, and maybe one person adds on, but that's it. It's it's yeah, the same. It fluctuates group. based on the number of voters. It's just right. the same people voting for him. I will vote for him again. He, of course, is the Portland, longtime Portland promoter. I think he, you know, the as far as the territories go, he lasted longer than anybody continuously. He lasted almost into the early nineties, I think. Yeah. Um, it's insane. So, yeah. Um, you know, but I, you know, I, I always vote for him. I'll vote for him again. Good People like to work in forum paid. Good. Yeah. Good to the guys. Yeah. Well liked, well liked promoter. Yeah. Um, I will vote for him. I like, I always do. And he will fall off. Uh, Kurt. I think, I, some extra space. I, I think, I think in this year's battle, has some extra space. I'll, I'll, I'll join you on the Don Owen thing too. And, and do some research. He's got definitely deserves it. Yeah. I really believe he does. I mean, he ran a, a, a tight, efficient um, uh, a territory for a very long time. Yeah, I think he gets he gets docked because he stayed in his lane, but we should almost sometimes respect that. You know what I mean? Like a guy that's just like, hey, this, I'm doing my thing, and like, I don't necessarily need to fight. I don't need to. I don't need to compete. I'm just gonna do my thing for a long time. I did it for you know forty plus years. Well, the brilliant longer than that, and I mean, I think the brilliant thing that he did was he he bought that building, the bowling alley or whatever it was. Yeah. 
And then, you know, he was, he, he owned the building that he ran out of, which, which helped him tremendously and helped him run as long as he did. And what he also did that I thought was smart is he just ran a very small crew. I mean, he would run with like a tiny crew, like six to eight wrestlers at a time. And, uh, you know, he would have his stalwarts and then he would just cycle out the other two or three. And, um, you know, he, he, he lasted forever doing that. It was a very different model than everybody else. It was tight. It was efficient. And uh, it was conservative, you know. Yeah, it wasn't um, super and, ambitious, which you know, in yeah. some respect, people might dock him for. But you know, I I like that idea. I like, especially in pro wrestling, when that's when that is not the norm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. to just be comfortable in your spot and 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 to be, you know, and and, and it's something to be said too that like the you know paying the wrestlers well, being well liked. I think that's when you're voting a promoter, and I think that's an important thing for for a Hall of Fame is not guy, you know, a, a promoter. It, it, it's tougher to judge those guys, especially a guy like a Don Owen, because you know he stayed in his lane so so long. But a guy that's really well liked I, I, that's important for a promoter a guy that's not you know people don't talk about how much of a shit show it was to work for him and is that's you know that that's a badge of honor and uh the, the, what, what what works against him for a lot of voters is that he didn't make his money on pro wrestling he's made his money on outside businesses mm-hmm. so they kind of see that as well if it was if he was just relying on pro wrestling he couldn't have been as conservative as he was and he wouldn't have been as you know he would have been you know forced to run his business differently and those sorts of things i don't care where you look all I know is he ran that territory. He lasted longer than anybody going against Vince, and he did his own thing. And he, to me, his longevity and and his his smart business model. I think the guy's a Hall of Famer. Nineteen fifty two to nineteen ninety two. So it was forty years. Yeah. Yeah, fifty-two to ninety. Think about the differences. <laughs> nineteen fifty-two wrestling. That was basically a nineteen forties world that he started in, you know, and then he lasted. Yeah, th- this is the Wikipedia entry in nineteen in nineteen fifty-two. Dono negotiated a deal with the pioneering Portland TV station KPTV to become the very first wrestling show seen on TV in the city. Yeah, and he lasted damn near into the satellite era. <laughs> right. You know, and it, it, the early days of satellite TV. So. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll fall off though, but look, you know, not being a hall of famer, that's the other thing I think in these debates, like doesn't mean your career was shit, you know, like Kurt Henning had a hell of a career, you know, and he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. I just, yeah, don't and think that's what I said on the, on the, on the John show on, on Russell Katsi, and, and you and I have had a conversation too. Neither of us are going to ever vote for Kurt Henning. That doesn't mean he's not one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. It's just like, you know, right. you have to be objective in this. And it's like, no, I, yeah. you know, he, he's not a hall of famer. Sorry. I think Yuji Nagata has the best shot of staying on the ballot. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens with those four. Let's jump into some guys because we don't have all night to do this. Yeah, let's. I'm going to go modern U.S. Canada. Do you want to go start there? Well, here's what we'll do. Um, I think uh, we'll pick out sort of, yeah, we'll go through that and then some people from Japan. Uh, if you want a Mexican breakdown, I know that John is doing another wrestling omakase with J.R. Goldberg, and they are going to do the – it's going to be a show dedicated to the Mexican candidates. Mm-hmm. And J.R. Goldberg is a great guy uh, for that. So we'll stay out of that. That's obviously not our lane. Speaking of staying in your lane. So we'll, we will stay out of that muck, at least on this show, and look for that show, which should be coming out next week. I think he's recording that as his next show. So oh, the one, I think it's going to be the one after. It's going to be the one after. But you, you'll get it in the next – it'll be within the month. Like it, so It's go. coming soon. So. Yeah, and uh, so that that'll be coming soon. And if you need something for the uh, for the uh, Mexican region before that one drops, I can tell you that I haven't listened to it yet. But there's a uh, one Hall of Fame special uh, Lucha Talk that came out, mm-hmm. uh, hosted by uh, Dylan Harris, and he brought uh, Alfredo Esparza on. Alfredo Esparza, and they broke everybody down. With those two guys, I haven't listened. I'm going to, but I can tell you that's good. 
I don't even need to listen to tell you that's good. Right. Those guys know so, their shit. So um, that's gonna be that's gonna be a very informative one too. That's on the MLW radio network, I believe, as well. Yeah, so yeah. So uh, give that a listen and then listen to Wrestling Omakase with J.R. Goldberg. Get two different perspectives on the Mexico region. So we won't touch that today. So, uh, okay, I'll take you through them, Rich. You've talked a lot about a lot of them. So I'll bring guys up, give you my thought, and then you can chime in. So um, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson with J.J. Dillon. I don't like (laughs) when you put tag teams on. And here's the problem, too. Because it's specifically with J.J. Dillon, am I not to consider the Brain Buster run? Is that what that means? You know what I that, mean? It's- you know, I was really confused by that. Because, yeah, that, I, and I don't know if I mentioned that with John, but I was like, well, then you're cutting out like a pretty big part of that tag team's you know, or At least span. a year and a half where they right. were won titles and were pushed And the, the lifespan of those two is not like super, super long. It's like a, no. a straight, like these guys are a tag team. So if it's only with J.J. Dillon, you've cut out half of that already. And it's like, okay, so. But, but here's the thing. I don't think they're a Hall of Fame tag team anyway. No, I agree. No, they're, But they're I, I still think it's odd that it's with J.J. Dillon, which means you can't consider the run with Bobby Heenan. You just can't. It's, you know, you know, technically. And I think the four horsemen as an entity would be a much stronger. I'd put the four horsemen. I'd vote for the four horsemen in an instant. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I would make a case for an Arn Anderson on his own. You know, this is this is we, we talk about it with the, the, the Tenzan and Kojima. Ten we'll get to that yeah. in, in Japan. Like you have a reasonable case that both of these guys separated are better cases than as a tag team. Yeah, totally. Eh, you know, t- but Arn, you know, I would make a le- legit case for Arn Anderson if he was on his own. But I'm not going to sure. make a case for Arn Anderson. Only with Tully Blanchard and only when they're managed by J.J. Dillon. Because now you're talking so about silly. two years or something. It's it's ridiculous. You're 86 uh, to, uh, you know, early 88, and then they're, they're in WWE, WWE, WWE. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, come on. They're not a Hall of Fame tag team. Uh, Junkyard Dog, we've talked about him in many years past. It all depends where you fall in that Mid-South run. And yeah. I'm always on the fence with Junkyard Dog, and I always, I always end up going no. Because I think I can name a lot of guys who had hot, you know, couple-year runs in certain places. And look, he was... At times, the number two guy in WWE, never for long periods. Like when he first came in, right. you could argue that on you know he was you know headlining the B pay per views, or he was uh, I'm sorry the B house show tour, or was right below Hogan in the pecking order of the baby faces. But that wasn't a long amount of time before he quickly moved to the mid card. Uh, WCW run in the late nine late eighties was an Ooh. absolute an utter disaster. Even though, but here's the thing: he did headline. They brought him in as a headliner, and they tried him. And, you know, they tried, you know, headline, you know, main eventing him in New Orleans. And also, it just didn't work. He was too old. He, he wasn't even old. He was just out of shape. And had it was just bad at that point. Yeah. You know, and it didn't work. So I don't know. I always end up going, you know, voting no on Junkyard Dog. But I, I do consider him. And I don't think you're a Junkyard Dog voter either. No, I'm not. Because, it, 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 again, like as a Hall of Fame voter, I, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to count for everything and, and account for the mid side and count for that. But, but my frame of reference is always the WWF and the WCW runs. Like that's how I know junkyard dog more than anything. And those runs, you know, WWF run was, was solid for a few years and then he was just kind of there and the WCW run was a disaster. So unfortunately, and obviously he died young as well. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. And like he had the demon. Like even then, when he died, it wasn't like he was going to come back in 1999 or 2000 or whatever. He had been battling some issues uh, for years on there, and it was just kind of done by that point. I mean, he was done by the mid 80s, really. And so my frame of reference is is not good. And yeah, obviously, I'm supposed to count for all the other stuff, but like you said, I I go through it and I think about it, and I'm just like, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. For me, he he's not. And yeah, I know I, people have made great arguments for him, and they've convinced me many times. But at the end of the day, I, I, I usually end up with a no. Wouldn't bother me if he got in. A guy who I think is similar is Sergeant Slaughter, because again, I think for a lot of younger voters, their frame of reference is when he was older and he wasn't as good of a worker. Right. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Slaughter, though, and I say this every year: go watch the old footage, watches 
his baby face WW, not the, not just the baby face part of his W, but his first WWF run, um, you know, and and anything before he went to AWA is basically just watch anything before he left for AWA over the GI Joe dispute, um, and and you'll see that this guy was a hellacious worker and and in particular a hellacious bumper for his size. The guy would fly around the ring. He really was a great worker for his size. He did very athletic things for his time and for his size. And that I think a lot of younger voters aren't familiar with. And there's some stuff on the network. I think one of the Patterson matches is on there. Um, you know, so, you know, watch that stuff if you haven't seen it. And he's another guy who I think similar to Junkyard Dog, I think he's hurt because some of the younger voters, you know, they have the Iraqi sympathizer in their head. They might have the AWA run in their head. And he was nothing special in either of those, uh, on either of those runs, bell to bell, because um, he had gotten older or whatnot. And AWA was in their dying days, so he didn't really make a business difference. He was another guy who was number two very early on, and the number two babyface very early on in Hogan's run, and uh, before he before he left over the GI Joe thing. I think the GI Joe thing helps his case. I don't think I think you know. Look, that's part of his fame, and uh, it, you know, it, it, look, I think he's one of these guys that that passes the mom test. You know, especially if we were in, you know, the, that time in the 80s, you know, you show a picture of a wrestler to your mom and can they identify them? I think he passed the mom test in those days. I don't know if he would at this point, you know. Yeah, that's why I'm always like, because people argue with me that he at this point would still do it. And, and that I do not think that's true. I think if you showed a picture of Sergeant Slaughter, to some random person on the street that they would know who that is, you know. Yeah, but like he he's someone who would have passed the mom test in 1985, even though he wasn't in WWF. Right. No, no, 100 percent. But yeah, now and, not so much. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting case. So, yeah, I mean, I'm always on the fence with them, and ultimately I always go no. And I know that uh, I don't think you're a voter either based on what I heard you say on uh, Omakase. So uh, let's sink our teeth into some of the uh, more mod- – AJ Styles. Okay, let's talk AJ Styles. Yeah. I'm on record. I said as soon as he comes back to the ballot, I didn't vote for him the first time around because no one did. I think he literally got zero votes. He either got zero or, um, like, I think it maybe it was 2%, but it was it was not much. I don't even think it was that high. I, I think it was 0%. Um, I, I'm not positive, but I, I remember talking. And I think he got zero votes. But um, I think that uh, I, I thought about it, and and I see AJ Styles no different than I see Brian Danielson. I think he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And from that perspective, I am going to vote for him. I have no doubt that I'm going to vote for him. Um, and I think that because he's one of the greatest in-ring wrestlers that I've ever seen, combined with the fact that I think he's done enough He's done enough on the business end. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame draw or anything like that, but I think he's done enough. He headlined enough in New Japan. He's headlined enough in WWE. He was the top guy for 10 years in TNA, whatever kind of stock you want to put in that, which on its own doesn't mean much, but as a tack-on addition to what he's done in the other two companies where you can look at it this way. No matter where he's gone, he's been a headliner. And that says something about him, right? And it doesn't say much if you've never been a successful headliner, but he's been a successful headliner now. On top of the fact that he was the top guy in TNA, he was the TNA ace for 10 years, more or less, for most of that time period. And, uh, you know, he put the X Division on the map, okay, which was the best thing about TNA for years. And, and, and he's one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen. I am voting for AJ Styles. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little on the fence right now regarding AJ Styles. And, and you make a good case there because – and that's going to be the case. If, if you were going to be an AJ voter is – yeah, you have a little of those other boxes or some good stuff and some of those other things, but it you, the reason you're going to vote for him is because you think he's overwhelmingly great in the in-ring, like his all-time great in-ring career, that that's enough to get him in with a little bit of extra boosts and, and bonuses from the New Japan run and, and obviously what he did in WWE. 
I just I, I don't know quite yet. I feel like I just need a little bit more time with AJ Styles. Like I think he's gonna. I, I know this time he's gonna stay on the ballot, and, and it might be a time where maybe when I have a little bit more time to evaluate the TNA run and look at it, because I don't know that he's a guy like a you. You compared him to a Brian Danielson, where it was no doubt that that guy has to go in. I don't know if I like AJ Styles as a worker that much, even though I do really enjoy him. It I, I don't know that he's the oh my god. There's no ch- like, he's got to go in as an in ring guy. I, I just I, I don't know if he's there quite yet for me. And that could be you know me not watching as much of his TNA run. The more and more I watch it, I'm becoming a bigger fan. And, and Garrett has done multiple things on multiple articles, and I've watched a little bit more. It's going to be me eventually just sitting down and watching a lot of TNA before I think I say okay yeah this guy is an in ring great or an all time in ring great. Right now I, I don't know. He's 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 very good. I mean he's all time. He's near that all-time rank, but I don't know if he's he's quite there yet, enough for me to put him in the Hall of Fame quite yet. So he's a guy that I put a check mark next to, so I'm definitely going to think about him a little bit more, but I, I don't know that I'm a yes, a definitive yes right yet uh, now. But I, I don't know that I'm a no either. I'm, I'm on the fence with him. So Here's what I want to say about, too, about the TNA run, okay? they You know, he was uh, in and out of being their top guy for a decade or whatever it was. You know, New Japan and WWE not only – push this guy in much deeper talent pools in both companies. They both made the decision to push this guy, but it worked in both of those companies. To me, that means it was a TNA problem, not an AJ Styles problem. If he was a successful draw in the two biggest companies in the world, they found a way to make AJ Styles work. He rose up their cards. He forced his way into the main event scene. He became a top guy in both of those companies and was successful I blame TNA and not AJ Styles. I do. I'm sorry. That shows me that they had yeah. a guy who could have been a top draw, a top, you know, a, a draw in this business, and and could have been a different. But it was it was a TNA problem. Whether it was poor booking, poor, uh, you know, uh, just not being uh, having the right television, whatever the case may be. Whether you want to blame Matt. I think it was a TNA problem, not Yeah, and I think a really good article. I mean, I, I I don't know if you've checked it out yet, but Garrett Kidney wrote a, a great piece on on Voice Wrestling. You check it out, VoiceWrestling.com right now, and basically uses that frame of reference of like AJ winning the title and it felt like a big moment, and then Hogan comes in and it's just like, oh, all right, and then AJ just went away, and it's like you know that was one of the big times when it was like, God damn, like there you go, you had something, you had something fresh, something new, something different, and, that, and that's a guy, and that was the dude that that could have kickstarted a little bit more, could have done a little bit more, but then of course it was, it was TNA would always kind of get in their own way, uh, whether bringing in Hulk Hogan or whether he's, you know, randomly turning him heel or giving him a beard or the clear Lynch thing. Like there was so many things with styles. So he is in some way. Yeah, it is a TNA issue, but yeah, I don't know. He's a guy that's definitely going to get more thought for me. Goldberg and ultimate warrior. I think they're similar. We can combine them. Um, two guys who were really hot for a very short period of time. I think Goldberg peaked higher. I think he was legitimately hot where the ultimate warrior kind of didn't work. Um, you know, his, his, you know, he beats Hogan, Hogan upstages him, um, you know, uh, very cleverly at the end of the match. And the warrior thing just didn't quite work like they thought it would. Whereas Bill Goldberg was super hot, was red hot, did work was a major component at WCW's, uh, you know, highest point, And then booking kind of destroyed it again. Wasn't really his fault. Wasn't that he necessary, who knows how long he would have stayed hot if they didn't destroy him. Um, but look, they had, you know, I think Goldberg peaked higher. And then I, the other advantage I think Goldberg has over warrior and which makes him a better candidate is the latest run that he had right. where that was a legitimate hot run, you know? Um, there, there's no question about it. That was the hottest thing in wrestling for those. What, what was it? Survivor series to WrestleMania, right? I guess, um, or whatever it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's probably the good point to put. You know, yeah. he, and, and that you know, and 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 he, you know, that was a legitimate hot program, and I think that adds to his case. I will now think about voting for Goldberg. I don't know which way I'm going to go. 
uh, but I will think about it. And uh, I think he definitely deserves consideration now. I am not an Ultimate Warrior voter um, and never will be. Um, and obviously, he doesn't have a chance to come back and increase his case. So, you know, unless you want to count being on the cover of the video game and all that, but whatever rub he was going to get from that, he got already and it didn't get him in. So, and now he's dead. So, uh, you know, he can't come back again, Rich. So, uh, I think Goldberg has the better case. Those two against each other, who do you think has the better case? I think Goldberg has a better case. I think uh, a higher peak, like you said, I think a better worker, a guy that's more, obviously, well, more, <laughs> way more respected among guys. You know, Goldberg had his detractors, though, at, at times as well. The thing, though, is I think a lot of people forget that Goldberg did come back to WWE in between that and fucking sucked and did nothing. Yeah. People forget that. Well, you know, he comes thinking, oh, the gold dust wig, you know. Well, it's but again, like that, you know, yeah, shit happens. Like I, you know, I, I hear I, you. I hear you. Can we not judge guys off of anything that their bookers do for them? No, you're right. You're right. And, and so, I mean, so, I mean, he can. He could have blown through that, and you know, or figured but out a I way think, to around I it. Think like the second comeback kind of overrides the first. I agree, but you know, <laughs> it is kind of funny that everybody completely, you know, hundred percent forgets. You're right, and I just glossed over it back there for two years and did fucking nothing, and then you know went to Japan and did fucking nothing too. But you know, and and that's the thing. It's going to be a longevity argument with Goldberg. Like I think yeah. it's a decent case. Um, I think you can make the argument for him, but it depends how much you really value longevity because you know as, as i talked with john and, and some people disagree with the eight month run but it's really like you're talking about spring of 97 to you know fall of 98 winter of 98 and that's it really yeah and that's not all his fault but it's not not his i mean he's still he's still him and he still controlled that because then he comes back you know he gets hurt obviously in 99 he comes back in 2000 does nothing the heel turn was stupid and then he's out of there and then he's gone and then he comes back to wb in you know 2000 uh three i believe and yeah it doesn't really do anything does nothing goes away for a while you know does stuff in japan does nothing and then goes to wb and has another hot three months so when you're combining everything it's like well okay we're talking about it you know a year year and a half total tops for this guy being anything of a of business shaker or mover and you know if if you don't love his in-ring which i, I think his in-ring is fine i, I enjoyed it i think he's, he's underrated i don't think yeah. he's great or anything but i think people bash him too much no i, I agree as well so i don't know i guess what, like, you know what he's what he's supposed to be yeah he's exactly the- how he's supposed to work yeah they, they nailed it with goldberg i mean he's not a guy that should have been going in there and taking anything or or doing back and forth matches or whatever but you know yeah and you know he got exposed in that match with regal but it's like oh okay like he's you know he's a guy that's got a year under his belt and was great at doing what his role was so no and I, I love the, and i love the lesnar matches i love them no, I did too. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed them too. So I guess it, the big argument with him is going to be longevity. Do you does is a year, year and a half enough for you? Yeah, that's going to be the thing with him. So I don't know. He's a guy that I have a check mark next to right now. I'm a no, but you know, I could I could do a little bit more research. I'm going to because Goldberg's one of my. I mean, he's a big reason why I'm as big of a wrestling fan as I am today. So I'm gonna. I mean, people on that. You know, I, I I got some tweets saying, "Oh, you guys just completely dismiss Goldberg and all that sort of stuff." Goldberg's one of my favorites. I I would love for Goldberg to be a Hall of Famer, but I got to be objective about this. And and you know, if it. No, hot year and a half run is is enough for some people. That's fine, but I don't know. Is it enough for me? I'm not sure. Okay, we got to talk about Trish Stratus. Okay, let's just, do it. Just, just based Let me get a on, drink. Let me get this. All right. Well, I think here's the thing. I couldn't believe. I could not believe how much you guys put over Trish Stratus on Omakase, Rich. And, and and this is not a troll attempt or anything like that. I legitimately believe she might be the weakest candidate to ever be on this ballot. <laughs> You're so wrong. Well, I, look. Then let me make my case. Okay. Uh, okay. Never main evented a, a pro wrestling show. Uh, except for a Raj, but yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. You want to start counting Raws. We want to start counting SmackDowns and main events and superstars. No, I mean, too. Okay. She never main evented, Rich. She was a mid-card wrestler. 
I mean, if you want to start counting Raws, how many, you know, random shitty Raw main events have there been? Are we going to count those? I mean, what was the dark match that night? That's what drew people to the building. We just talked about John Cena leaving SmackDown and no one's showing up anymore. I mean, so I'm not counting television main events, but if you want to count a random TV main event, I go right ahead, but she, I mean, we're talking about someone who was never a main eventer. Uh, we're talking about someone who never had a, what's her historical, what historical match was she a part of, or what great performance did Trish Stratus ever have? Uh, the Mickey James WrestleMania match is pretty awesome. Because Mickey James did a lewd gesture that's been edited no, off. No, it's of actually a good match. No, it's a legit it's a, match. It's a, it's a good match, Rich. It's not a historical match. No, Come I agree. On. I'm going to talk. To, I'm going to. There, well, Are you going to tell me it's Misawa Kabashi? Are you going to tell exactly, me? Exactly, Joe. That's exactly what I've been saying. Well, Rich, the we're time. talking really about glad, the yeah. Hall of Fame. Can we're you, talking about the Hall of Fame. We're not talking about good little matches here. Because you're, you're, you're putting me in a frame where I. It's not. You, you, you're not. My arguments about. And, and John and I's arguments. You're, you're completely misconstruing what we said 100%. Okay, well, okay. Well, but yeah, continue I, to, to come up with the no, straw man and you, argue well, against me. How's yeah. it a straw man? I asked you to give me a <laughs> historical match she was a part of because we're talking about a pro wrestling hall of fame here. Yeah. You gave me a match, but it's not a historical match. I just asked you to give me, if, you know, if I'm forgetting some while some historical match, some five-star classic she was in or some historically significant right, match no. that she was in, bring it up. I, I don't think she has been in one. And and I and she was never a main eventer. She was a mid card wrestler her entire career. I genuinely don't see any case whatsoever for Trish Stratus. I will give you the floor to make your case for Trish. For Trish Stratus. <laughs> I'm not making a case for her. This is the thing. I don't know why everybody fucking listened to that show and said, "Oh, John and Rich are." They- Can I tell you? I, you I know you didn't. To what we said. Here's what you said though. Let me go. at the very end. You said he said, "Are you voting anyone in for modern?" And you said, I'm not sure, but I am putting a little check mark next to the following people who I'm going to continue to think about and research. And Trish Stratus was one of them, which to me right. is mind-blowing. That's, I, that is me saying that she is better than Kobashi, and I'm absolutely voting for her. You got it. You nailed it. That's exactly no, no, what it was. But, so. no, 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 listen, but that's you <laughs> considering. Here's, here's the divide. You think she's someone worth researching. I think she legitimately might be the worst person to ever be on the ballot. Right, and and so. I don't think that's true. And and here's here's my frame of reference that I said from the beginning, and this was my argument from the beginning, and, and I mentioned that to John too, and I'm, I'm curious what, what your thoughts and other people's thoughts are. Are you judging Trish on the totality of every Hall of Famer that's in there, or is it different because she's a female in modern U.S. Canada? You know what I'm saying? Is, it, is Trish Stratus on the same level as... Goldberg, you know what I mean? Like, it, and I know in the whole, it's 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 easy to say yes, but that's my question, and I don't know that that's necessary. I, like, I'm asking you: is do you judge her on the context of women in her era, or do you judge it on the context of wrestlers in her era, people that are on the ballot, that that sort of stuff? I don't actually know the answer to that. I judge every person on this ballot the same. Okay, are they a and hall of famer? Yeah, and, and that's fair, and and that's exactly how I qualified uh, my statement of her when I said that I, you know, something to, someone to consider if you put context into it and you look at modern us women wrestlers and you judge trish on that context there is somewhat of a minor case to be made i'm not going to make the case and i said that if you wanted to make the case what you would have to do i didn't say i was making this case and i didn't say this is her case but i said what you would have to do is say that she was influential to to changing women's wrestling in the wwe after years and years and years of of women being just giant breasted women that go out there and 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 flaunt their bodies, which Trish came in as that. And then when she left, left as a wrestler. Yes, they obviously still had years after that where it was still, wow, look at that giant breasted woman. Let's have her go out there. But little by little, it started breaking down a little bit. And little by little, 
that's it. So if you want to make the case that she is in some way responsible, again, if you want to make the case, which is what I said on that show and what I'm saying now, but people misconstrue it and say Rich is voting for Trish because of this when that's not what I said. I didn't say vote. Well, I see your fucking forums. It's filled with people saying that I said that. And that's, you know, of course, people hear what they want to hear when they want to argue. I, I said, if you wanted to make the case for her, that's what you would have to do because the matches are not there. I said that point blank on the show that you're right. The matches are not there. They had that lead main event. You had a few other things, but they weren't great matches. They weren't all-time greats. That Mickey James matches is, is a really fun match. It's not a five-star special. It's not a classic or whatever. You are going to have to make the argument, if you want Trish Stratus to get in there, that she was in some way completely influential to WWE's changing of the guard with regards to women that you'd bring a model in and she busts her ass and becomes a competent wrestler, whether it be a mid card or whatever. But again, like, are you judging her on mid card of WWE? Are you judging her on what she did with other women? Well, here's the thing. Like if if, if a woman's not main eventing all the time, they can never get to the hall of fame. Like if it's, no, they can't because that hall of fame, a hall of fame, a pro wrestling hall of famer is a main eventer a business changer, a, a phenomenal worker, someone who does historical things. She's done none of those things. She's not a Hall of Famer. And can I, can I answer what you're asking? Yeah. Of, okay, Trish Stratus to me, mid-card of her entire career, a, a forgettable mid-card manager when she came in, a shitty mid-card wrestler when she, you know, when she became a wrestler who worked her ass off to become a competent wrestler but was still just a mid-card fucking wrestler who never made a difference. About it. And, and she had no – nothing changed after Trish Stratus retired. Nothing. She had no influence on the future whatsoever. And if you open the door and put someone like – I could name – I'm telling you, and I don't, I'm, this is not hyperbole. I can name a thousand wrestlers – who've never been on the ballot, who have better Hall of Fame credentials than her. We got plenty I know of time. I could do it. We got plenty I, of time. Let's go. I know I could do it. I could name a hundred wrestlers who fell off the ballot. Someone but, like Booker T has is way more of a better candidate. Someone like Diamond Dallas Page is a much better candidate. And these people would never sniff the Hall of Fame and shouldn't. Someone like Scott Steiner. I mean, all of these people. I, someone like Road Dog is a better candidate. Forget them. But forget them. Rich. If someone like what makes Trish Stratus a demonstrably better candidate than Mickey James? Dude, I, I said I, I don't know why I'm the the defender. I'm saying if you wanted to make the case, you would make the influence case. I'm not making that case though. Well, do you think Mickey James has that case? You no. can make that case of Mickey James. No, then, I don't I, think so. I think I think Trish was a little more was higher on the level of of, of the women in that company than than, than Mickey was, and, I think and in played the, a bigger I, part in the history of women in that company than, than barely than Mickey like, did by a, by okay. a hair. I mean, you're talking about two people who historically will be a footnote in the annals of pro wrestling. I mean, they're, they're non-entities. How about Gail Kim? I would vote for Gail Kim before Trish Stratus. I can point to data that proves that Gail Kim moved business. I can't do that for Trish Stratus. And Gail Kim's a better worker than Trish Stratus. How do you feel about Gail Kim? Just personally. I'm not trying to set you up. I'm just curious how you feel about someone like <laughs> Okay. Yeah, if, you're, if you say so. But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I wouldn't vote I mean, her in. I'm not voting Trish in either. That's, I don't know why this argument is being created. You're, you're, you're saying that she's worthy of consideration, which I find insane. I don't even know why she's on the ballot. I, I, I mean, what about Lita? I mean, you're opening up the door. If you would say that she deserves consideration, I think all of these people I'm naming would deserve consideration too. I think, in fact, I think Gail Kim and Lita are strong, would be stronger candidates than, than Trish Strassen. I wouldn't vote for – at least Lita was part of a main event act with Edge. At least she was a main eventer. What did Stris never made? Stris never made in anything. Did she ever draw money outside possibly like the soft core videos they sold and things like that? And if you're counting that, you have to count all those women. Why not put Tori Wilson on the Hall of Fame ballot? Why not put uh, the cat on the Hall of Fame ballot? I mean, these people aren't, 
you know, there isn't an incredible. Yeah, I think, I, again, like I think you that. that I think that's unfair to Trish, to, to the cat and Trish. I think Trish had way more impact on the cat. Oh, I agree. Look, I put her above the, that level of woman. Right. But I don't think any of them are. are I mean, I, I don't think she's demonstrably a better candidate than Mickey James. I really don't. And I wouldn't consider. I mean, if Mickey James was on the ballot, I'd be burying her just as hard. I mean, she doesn't belong in the ballot. And I don't think Trish does either. I mean, I am. A, I'm almost. I'm almost offended that she's on it. I think she's such a horrible candidate, and I genuinely can't think of someone who was a worse candidate that found their way onto the ballot. Well, China's, on probably, ballot. China's on his ballot, and so is Larry Matisik, but okay. That's well, China, listen, China, I mean, no. you're putting a gun no. to my head. And, and listen, I buried China. Did I not bury China six feet under last year? No pun intended. I mean, but did I not bury China's candidacy and rip it apart in the same way? I would probably vote for China before Tris because You're again, insane. oh hold on now, she was part of DX. She was a main event act. <laughs> part of DX. No, no, listen, but that's more than listen, and I'm not making a case okay. for it. But that's was, more than what Trish ever did. Trish was in DX. TNA. Trish managed tested Albert. I mean, what did Trish ever do? I'm failing to see what she ever did. She was a mid Carter. What makes Trish? I mean, Dolph Ziggler has a better case than Trish. He does. At least he main evented. At least he was a top guy. She was never top anything. She's a mid carter. I don't know. I'm blown away. I am yeah, well, blown and, away and that Trish is on there. I, I did because this actually does a pretty good job. The the Wikipedia legacy and and here's the exact way I framed it. And I guess I'm uh, it'll be a question for other people as well. If if and and I'm not saying that I'm necessarily making this argument, but when you're doing Hall of Fame, is there a different sort of scale that you would do for for women than no. you would do men? Absolutely you not. No. I don't here's know. The, I, yeah. You want the scale for women? Akira Hakuda, Aja Kong, Bull Nakano, okay. uh, Mild- Mildred Burke. That's but those are different eras. Me. But then are you are you doing era specific things? Or are you those just are doing fam- every woman in the history of wrestling, I'm, no matter what you. continent, whatever, they all go, they're all judged on the same merit. I'm telling you right now, to yeah. me, there are no North American, there are no United States Canada women from her era that belong in the Hall of Fame. And that's they fair. If, okay. And that's that, and that's, that's my perfectly fine. And, and, I don't you know, think any of them got to that level. And I don't disagree. I'm with you on that. I'm just saying, though, if you are somebody or if 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 there is the argument you made that we need to represent this era some way, that Trish is not a bad representative of that era for women's wrestling. You're talking about the least smelliest turd. Exactly. I am. I know I am. I'm not sad, but that's fine. Like, if some people want to do that, and Joe, you're going to be shocked. She's going to get a lot of votes. I don't oh, think she's going to be. She's going to be 20%. You think so? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I would, be, I, I would love to talk to everyone who votes for her and find out why. I mean, I, I, I it's would, because they're going to be finding representation of that era. They're going to be doing a context of the man. era and go, well, geez, there's nobody good from this era. Which, the best. Nobody, nobody believes. Look, we sit here and preach about context specific for the, but you can only go so far with that. I mean, what's next? Are we going to put in the top midget wrestler from the '90s? Are we going to put? You know what no, I mean? I, it's yeah, like, I'm with you. I, I agree. If there's no midget wrestlers who are worthy, then you don't vote for any. Unfortunately, that era of women's wrestling, you know, none of them were main eventers. None of them were great workers. None of them deserve it. So, I, you know, whoever the – and she may have been the best represent. Look, you know, I don't – you know, it's like – but I, I'm not going to vote for her if that if, – if, if, if she didn't meet the Hall of Fame standard. I, I, I can't do it. I mean, right. I, 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 honestly, I think she's – I really do think she's an absurd candidate. I, 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 let me put it to you this way. There's no way that a male at her level at the same time period would ever sniff this ballot. No, and there we is can no. probably prove that by picking out a male mid Carter from her time. In well, the you car. said like Road Dog. Road Dog's a great example. It's like yeah, he'll, okay. yeah, and I mean he'll never even make the ballot. I don't know if he was was he ever on it. We're, I don't even I'm not know. Sure, yeah, I'll be I'll be honest. I don't know. But I mean, geez, he was pretty much at the same level. I mean, he was pushed harder. 
New Age Outlaws were tremendously more overact than she ever was and drew way more money than she ever did. Is Billy Gunn ever getting on the ballot? I mean, it's ridiculous. She, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, if there, if there has been, if there have been five weaker candidates ever on this ballot, I'd love to know who they were. I, I, I just don't see it. And I'll even give you China, even though I think China's a stronger candidate. And I You're think not. China, and I think China's a laughable candidate. I think they're both laughable. But at least China has, you know, I don't know. I, I, oh man, I just, I can't wrap my head around this Trish thing. It's like, what's next? Are we going to put Mickey James on there? I mean, really? I mean, I'd argue Mickey James is a better wrestler, and did it longer. And, and neither one of them ever did shit in terms of drawing money or main eventing. You know, it's, it's, I, I, Gail Kim legitimately moved ratings in TNA. Gail Kim moved ratings in TNA of all places. AJ Styles couldn't move the dial there. We just got done talking about how AJ Styles couldn't move the dial there. Gail Kim did and was a much better wrestler than Trish. And, and we're not putting her on the ballot because she doesn't belong on the ballot. You know, I don't know. I'm this just this Trish thing drives me nuts. I don't know. Yeah, I know we've got <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's been a while. But yeah, to be clear, I me saying that she is is worth consideration does not mean I think she's better than Masawa and that she deserves to get in. Like I again, people conflate like there's a minor case to be made possibly if you want to based off context and and based off influence is not me saying, oh, she's definitely in there. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to vote for her. There's no chance I was going to vote for her. But I'm just saying that, that it's an interesting ba- case because I think it's going to be the, – the thing that I'm, I'm putting the little check mark next to and, and looking at is, is to see, in, in some ways, how the voters react to her. Do they go era-specific? Do they go, hey, look, you know, there should be some – you know, representation of, of women from the 90s to 2000 in, in modern U.S. and Canada. And, you know, Trish is, is arguably one of the top ones. I mean, she, she has the most w- title reigns of any woman. She was there forever. She has the most appearances on Raw of any woman. She, you know, had the longest title reign. Like, there's things like that that if you want to represent women in that era, you know, Trish isn't a bad candidate. It depends how you want your Hall of Fame to go. Those title reigns in that era meant nothing. They were about as valuable as the European title was a few years earlier. It, it meant nothing for no, business or anything I, else. I agree. I agree. I'm with you, but I'm just saying that I'm coming up with a hypothetical person that's going to argue that. People, shouldn't, people, shouldn't, people shouldn't pretend that this was like the NWA title in the 1950s, okay? It meant nothing. It meant zero. It meant zilch. You know? You know, how many was she won the title six times? Can you name, can you name three of those wins? Nobody cares. You know, it's, it's, you know, I don't know if I can name one. I don't know. I'm, I'm blown away that she's even on there. I will be shocked. Rich, I'm going to be shocked if she gets more than 10% and stays on. Well, prepare to be shocked because. I guess China got it. So (laughs) fucking China got 10%. I promise you, Trish is going to get 20% or more. All right. All right, I guess so. If China got 10%, trust me. <laughs> Let's do Japan next week, the uh, Japan candidates. Okay, yeah, we got plenty of time. So we got, we got this in half. We'll come back next week, do last few U.S. guys, and then because I think there's some Japan uh, candidates that deserve some yeah, time. Yeah, no, I want to talk. I want to give time to, to, to Japan. I, I will, real quick, though, uh, your thoughts on uh, Punk. Are you? Did you change anything? Is it different, or are you still um, in on Punk? I'm still on the fence, and I don't know. Um, but yeah. the chances are, as conservative as I vote, it's going to remain no, unless he comes back. And if he comes back... I, you know, I'll, he'll make a, at least a short-term impact. That's yeah. almost guaranteed. I'm, I'm holding on. I, t- I mentioned that to John. I'm holding out for for his comeback. Like, I think it's going to happen. And, and until he officially says, I'm never coming back, it's over, I'm done, and and and, and somehow in some way makes it official, then I will. But I'm, I'm still holding out until he – because I, I think it's coming. So, yeah. All right. 
we'll uh, we'll do Japan and, and finish up with uh, yeah. Maybe we can make our picks if we know uh, who we're voting for, at least a rough idea who we're voting for. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll do that. We'll do Japan and non wrestlers next week because we got till I think it's the ballots aren't due until November. Yeah, like a month. Yeah, so we got we got plenty of time to do. We that. split we this up. Oh, stuff it all into one show. All right, Joe. I believe that time is now. The time is now, John Cena. He's already in, Rich. He's already a Hall of Famer. Yeah, we're not the. Yes. So are you ready? What am I ready for? What am I ready for? To bounce around Japan. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. I know you're going to go to this show. I know you're pretty pumped about this. Kai, your your boy Kai, has announced that he'll be hosting his own 10th anniversary show in Yokohama on October 28th. The show will be a charity-based show from his former high school and will feature wrestlers from various promotions. Man, we'll see, the main event will see Kai teaming with Junakiyama and Tajiri to take on Nagai. I don't know who that is. Black Tiger, the, uh, what is it, 7, and Black Spider, the 7. Who the fuck is Black Spider 7? Uh, I, I believe Black that's Spider the fabulous Fabulous Moolah, isn't it? Who the fuck is Black Spider 7? Spider Lady. Have no idea. Spider Lady, yeah, okay. You roll out a Bouncing Around Japan, and you want me to talk about this geek. You want me to talk about Kai. <laughs> Are you going? Are you going? I have no interest in talking yeah, about Kai. former high school. Like, I'm sure he's going to, like, I hope it's like he brings out, like, the gym teacher, and there's, like, you know, they wave, and then it's, like, a math teacher that's like, yeah, Kai was good. Like, he's, like who goes to their old high school? <laughs> I can't believe you're wasting my time with this. He's wearing like a nice leather jacket, like he's hanging out. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Like, uh, he's, you know, the, 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 the promo video of him like looking at his plaques on the wall or whatever. You, know, you can look I have no comment here, Rich. I'm not interested <laughs> in talking about Kai. Black Spider 7. I was hoping you knew who Black Spider 7 was, but you don't. So. No, I don't think anybody knows who Black Spider 7 is. I Who who is Black Spider 2, for that matter? <laughs> That's what I mean. There's been seven of these, so we should know who. Uh, well, mean, he's been eventing the Kai show, so he's got to be a big I girl. mean, the, the Spiders in WWE were uh, Barry Hardy and Dwayne Gill. Or, no, I think it was uh, the Headbangers. I think it was Glenn Ruth and uh, who was the other uh, Headbanger? I think that's who the Spiders were in WWE. Okay. One of those two teams. One of them were the – oh, that's what it was. Barry Hardy and Dwayne Gill were the executioners. The headbangers were the spiders. Right. So right. Yeah, yeah, your, right. Now you've got your mass jobber team straight. Okay, maybe mass yeah. spider seven is Glenn Roof. Oh, I didn't think of that. So Glenn Roof and Junakiyama facing off in the Kai, uh, Kai Memorial, not Memorial, anniversary show, 10th anniversary. Like 10 Beaver years. Cle- That's Beaver not Cle- nearly enough, yeah. Yeah, what's 10 years? No one even goes there like they're 10 years. <laughs> right. right? Kai is such a geek, you know. He's a ten-year. No one goes to their ten-year reunion. I've been wrestling for ten years. Okay, cool. Like you still know everybody from high school. Then, you know? like, ten yeah, you don't look different. You're not fat yet. Yeah. You haven't like yeah. It's you know. Yeah, no one's gross yet. You know, you're still like twenty-seven. You know, like who? No one goes to that one. It's ridiculous. Enough about Kai. <laughs> guy's a geek. He's no Ken Oka geek, but he's he's Hell, still yeah. a geek. You got a next topic? Or you want me to? Oh, we're ba- okay. Well, then let's do let's oh, do it's Noah. Bounce. That's, well, it's bouncing, baby. It, we're bouncing. The global league brackets were announced, Rich. So uh, I think these are interesting. I think this is a pretty loaded global league, especially by uh, modern Noah standards. We got Block A: Naomichi Marafuji, Go Shiozaki, Masa Kitamiya, Muhammad Yone, Maybach, Cody Hall, Yuji Okabayashi, and Mitsuya Nagai of Tradition. That's a pretty good A block. B block, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Atsushi Kotoge, Kano, Quiet Storm, Akatoshi Saito. B block, Kazma yeah. Sakamoto, Masato Tanaka. Oh, few, okay. And Yuko Miyamoto, I think the A block is stronger, especially with the addition of. <laughs> it's not a hot take at all. Yuji yeah. Okabayashi, but not only that, you get Cody Hall versus all these guys, which I mean, 
I cannot wait to see Cody Hall against Yuji Okabayashi and what something like that will look like. And they watch uh, legit, like, every one of those guys I'd, I'd like to see. You, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's, you know, there's not really, like, I, I'm going in my head of, like, that. And, like, I'm a guy who enjoys a little bit of Maybach. I mean, Maybach, you know, at times could be pretty terrible. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it's pretty much, like, a stack block. I mean, every single one of those guys and every single one of those matchups is something that I would at least want to see. The B block? <laughs> I think you're being a little too hard on the B block because, all right, look, Kazuma Sakamoto isn't very good. No. Okay. I know I, I kind of took him under my wing as kind of a, a kind of a gimmick thing, but he's not. Well, I don't even remember you doing that. You did that. When did you do that? Well, yeah, after he came back from being uh, Lord Tensai's headbutt taker or whatever when he was. Right, right, right. You know, I was kind of like, ah, Cosmo Sakamoto's back. You know, I was. <laughs> I don't you know, remember I, you doing that, but okay. Well, you know, he's that nondescript, I guess. But uh, Are you going to vote for him in the Hall of Fame? And I know <laughs> I might. I'd vote for him before Trish. I can tell you that. Uh, but, <laughs> okay. Now you seriously would. Like, just. No, like, Trish. Just, is, Trish okay. Is Trish yeah. is a better candidate than Cosmo Sakamoto. Okay, there you go. Okay, I'll yeah. give it to you. Um, but honestly, you know what? Let me look at these graphics. <laughs> I could tell you that Marafuji is a better candidate. Goshiozaki is a better candidate. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Muhammad Yone is a better candidate than Trish. Um, Maybox a close one. Yuji Okabayashi is a better candidate than Trish. Yeah. Nakajima. Um, Kotoge and Kano will be eventually. Um Akatoshi Saito is close. That's a close one. Neither one of them really made. He's had more main events than her. He's made event more big shows than her. I bet he's had some uh, uh, GHC title matches uh, on the top of shows in the past. I would put it. And Masato Tanaka is a much better candidate than her. About half of these guys are better candidates than Trish Stratus. I would say. That'll be our that'll be our new gimmick every uh, every Who's a better Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. Stratus. So we can eventually get to your one thousand. We should log it down and see if you can actually ever over the course of She's like. A- over the course of a year or whatever, that you I, know a thousand people I, can, I know for a fact I can do it. It's not really a lot of wrestlers, a thousand. It's not. No, no, you're right. It's. It, I know I can do it. I mean, she's a, okay. She's a better Hall of Fame candidate than Yuko Miyamoto. Okay? There we go. There we go. He's a better Hall of Fame candidate than Cody Hall. Uh, but yeah, I think you're sleeping on the B block a little. You know, Sakamoto's no good. Uh, Miyamoto, the six 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 wrestler, I don't have any use for him. And Akatoshi Saito, uh, you know, I never like him, but I like everybody else. I think Masato Tanaka gives a fresh match for all these guys. That's pretty good. I'm, I'm all in on uh, Masato Tanaka Nakajima. That sounds great. Masato Tanaka uh, Katoge and Kano sounds great too. Quiet Storm, I, I, I waver on Quiet Storm. Sometimes I like him, sometimes I don't. I, I never really know how to judge him. I know, you, you can't get into him. How about the GHC title with plans of being defended in Canada and Mexico? We know <laughs> that the Moore is going to bring it to Canada because he's already got Kiyomiya over there. I, look, I like this kind of stuff. I have no problem with that. I think that's good for everyone. Everybody involved if they're going to uh, have a touring champion who goes around to all these various partner promotions and defends the title. I have no, I have no issue with that. I don't think yeah, I'll you grab a few extra that. fans. All you're looking to do is get a few more people that are interested in your wrestlers, interested in your company, want to watch it, want to seek it out or whatever. That's all you're looking out for. And then, like, you throw a bone to these other companies, too. You guys do a, a working relationship. And then, yeah, Impact gets uh, uh, Marifuji or, or, or whoever, who was the champion at the time. And then you get, uh, you know... Demore or whatever gets it for for whatever. I mean that's cool. Yeah, I, I'm all on board with that. Do it. Do do touring champions are the best thing to do in the world. And and Noah needs it at this time. Noah needs everything that they can do to get as many connections as possible. And and in some ways, kind of follow in in in, in a small way the All Japan model that they did, where it was like, yeah, you know, we'll work with everybody. We don't care. 